Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. We are part of the Dorkening and the New VR Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. I am your host, Nintendo, and with me, as always, are my magical cohorts. Ape it off me. Come on down, stop on by, hop a carpet, and fly. Okay, that sounds like fun. Okay, let's uh, go. <laughs> what are we doing? Okay, then. Well, I am. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, I am. okay, bye. I'm there. Go, well, I'm there. Go, well, I am. <laughs> Big man. And Parasite Steve. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the fingernail that scrapes the blackboard of your soul. I am not 8-bit alchemy. <clears throat> factual. Right, not. Factual, actual facts on actual the Octopus yes. show. Most, yes, that's the, the most facts. Mm-hmm. That's what we aim for here, folks. Yep, that's we're here we for the facts. For. Just yep. the facts, man. Not the, not the, not <laughs> just the, the facts, man. Not the, not the fake news. Just the facts. No, facts, yes. factual news. Facts about what tonight are we talking about? What, what sorts of facts are we giving? Tonight? We're talking about facts of awesome Disney cartoons and their video game counterparts. Yes. Disney afternoon. Disney afternoon. Yes. We all know and love the Disney afternoon. It was our childhood and it was just what I the most looked forward to after school watching, you know, the, all the, the classics, like, you know, Mm -hmm. DuckTales, no, the the obvious stuff, DuckTales, Chippendale, uh, Darkwing, and all that, all that fun stuff. And and of course, Gargoyles is probably like my favorite. And, yeah, uh, these shows are just so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah they're I mean, like they're they're what people talk about so yeah, often when they like often. you know are nostalgic about Disney. You know, mm-hmm. so so much of it is is these shows. These shows are right. so and, good. And oddly, oddly enough, I am not the biggest Disney guy like at all. Right, like, right. Like I freaking hate the movies so much because <laughs> it's just too much singing for my liking, which yeah. is completely fair too much right, singing and right. not enough You're of just, it is melting i face. will give credit where credit is due <laughs> no no face melting right i mean i will give credit where credit is due awesome animations yeah. and artwork mm-hmm. For love sure. it that is so good but i uh, can't give i guess i the singing i just can't do it it's but thankfully the shows did not have any of that crap any of that right. singing bullshit <laughs> and uh, so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about like some of our 
um, favorite cartoons and then mention the video game counterparts. And uh, we got some uh, some tunage that we want to play for you. We will play you the theme songs for the show. And then like right after that will be the chip music for that specific show. Right. That, that the, corresponding corresponding. Yeah, that went, yeah. Yeah. That went with that show. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, we'll, so it's a little different. We haven't done yeah, this a little before. different. And uh, no. So then after that, we'll just talk about our picks and then we'll just uh, let's go from there. See how it goes. Yeah, sounds sounds pretty good. Before we go to the music, Joe, uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to just run down the list of shows that were on the Disney afternoon, because I don't know about you guys, but I actually did not remember all of these. And I thought certain shows were on the Disney afternoon that actually weren't. Mm, Right. So uh, it's kind of funny. So this is chronologically starting back in 1990, going through 1999. The shows uh, were Adventures of the Gummy Bears, DuckTales. Yep. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, mm-hmm. which I feel like those four were like that. That's like just the the bot the bottom level. That they're the classic, cannot be beat original four. Yeah, and the uh, foundation. And then it sort of, yeah the foundation. And then it sort of grew from there. And I really felt like the next show, Darkwing Duck, was really like the next generation. It felt that way to me anyway. It's kind of funny, but they all supposedly premiered around the same few years, you know, ninety to ninety four. Uh, then it was Goof Troop, Bonkers. Aladdin, Gargoyles, the Snookums and Meat Funny Cartoon Show, which I definitely have never seen, but I remember starting. Yeah, heard of it. yeah it stars like a, a dog and a cat, and they really look like they're red and stimpy drawings. I don't know if they were the same animators or the same director or something as Ren and Stimpy, but it, it has yeah. that feel. It's like extra weird. It's not Disney looking at all. Then came yeah. The Lion King's Timon and Pumbaa. Then Quack Pack, which was the adventures of Huey, Dewey, and Louie as teenagers. Um, the Mighty Ducks, which was a super fun show that I guarantee Santino Mancino cool loved. Um, it was like I honestly, alien. I honestly love those movies too. They're That's- great, but and then they make this cartoon show and they're like, oh yeah, it's not about hockey, really. We're gonna have like hockey-themed superhero sci-fi duck aliens from another planet. <laughs> Ian Zeering was like so uh, the lead character. I like, mean, it's like, so so weird. Yeah, Mighty well, Ducks was a cool show. Then there was uh, 101 Dalmatians, the series, which I remember having the most different animation of any of the shows. Like it was so so experimental. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't for me. Then there was Hercules, and apparently it ended with Hercules. Like huh. so crazy. Yeah, so like I would have thought ten like years, like ten years. Yeah, total. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought the Little Mermaid show was in here and it's not. It was never played. I really actually thought um, the show Marsupalami was part of the Disney afternoon. And it turned out it wasn't. I will talk about that a little bit later. But um, and there was there was a few other ones. I don't know. I guess the Tarzan cartoon show. I thought may have been. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, interesting, but nope. So it actually ended with Hercules and that was uh, 1998 to 99 was that last series. So that, that is it. Those were the shows that comprise the Disney afternoon, Disney after Disney afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) We be be jamming. Yep. So that's that. Cool. Right. Nice. Thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, yes. there's definitely some shows I thought yeah. would have been on there, but solid yeah. list. Nonetheless. Some I've never even heard of. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. <laughs> oh, I don't Snookums know anything about the Snookums and Meat. <laughs> Funny cartoon show. Funny well, cartoon, it yeah. sounds like sounds like Cartoon Network kind of thing. It looks like a Cartoon Network kind of thing, or a Nick. It really, actually, it really looks like Nickelodeon. It really does look like Ren and Stimpy. Um, very, very weird. I've never seen it. I forgot it existed for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know most of these shows are on Disney Plus. I don't know if all of them are, but um, I know Quack Pack is. Like even some of the, I mean, the obvious ones are obviously there, but um, obviously Quack Quack Pack is there. Um, I don't know that Aladdin is, but I would be really interested to find that out if Aladdin yeah, yeah. series is on there. Bonkers is on there. Um, I don't I don't know if Hercules is either or Mighty Ducks. I don't know. Be interested to uh to check it out. I'm not sure. Hmm. Don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway. All right. So uh let's uh let's play let's play those those theme songs. Yeah. And, uh, we'll we'll talk about let's our, our afterwards. Let's listen let's to it. them. Yes. Do it now. Just wild in the streets. Open sesame. Here we go. Arabian nights. Like Arabian days. They tease and excite. Take off and take flight. They shock and amaze. Arabian nights. Like Arabian days. More often than not. Pack your sword, you won't ever get bored Don't get beaten, oh god, you might Come on down, stop on by Hop a carpet and fly To another Arabian night 
into town. There was cat, cat, cat it all. Fortune and fame, top of the game. Up until it hit the wall. Now it makes a living downtown. Walking on a brand new beat. Slipping through the new day. Tripping on a two-way. Taking down a one-way street. Beep, beep, beep. Check out. Cracking up right. Stop the clock. Hope you get zero time. Let's go bonkers. So that was yes. the first lock of Bop. after lock new theme songs. good. So the the last one you just heard was the Bonkers theme song along with the SNES video game counterpart, and yes. then you had Aladdin with the Super Nintendo counterpart. No, I'm sorry. No, I take that back. That was PlayStation the, uh, PlayStation One. PlayStation one. Yes. I've never played that one. I'm just so used to playing the Super Nintendo one. I know they both one. came out around yes. the same time. Yes. <laughs> Super Nintendo one was was really great. As yeah. was the Genesis one. Yeah, what? they're both both good. Both not good. what we're talking about. But not nope. what we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the first track that we heard was the Chippendale Rescue Rangers theme song along with the video game counterpart. And I will start us off with Please. that particular show, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I nice. loved the show as a kid. And yeah. uh the whole point of the show was Chip and Dale are two chipmunks who started a detective agency called the Rescue Rangers, the Rescue Rangers, along with their friends Gadget, Monterey Jack, and Zipper. Zipper, who is the, the cute little fly, he doesn't say anything, but like people seem to know what he's talking about. Yep, he's like a it droid. Is, you know, he just funny. whizzes and, and, yeah. and makes he's noises. Just like everyone knows what he's saying. Droid. Yeah, uh, everyone yeah. knows what he's saying. And I never, I never, un- I never got the joke. Of his name being Zipper, but he was a fly. Like maybe, maybe because he's quick and he zips. I don't know. Well, it's, it's like, like on, it's like on your zip, pants, zip, right? Yeah, it's the zipper on your pants. It's also pants, called a fly. Yeah. So oh, you still didn't sense. get it. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I welcome to today, where we all currently get it. You were today years. This is what we're talking about with facts. This is the this is a fact based show. You with those hot facts? Oh yeah. Hot facts. Oh my god. You know so it. This show this show ran for three seasons, which oddly enough, I think only the first season is on Disney Plus. Weird. That is weird. Which is really odd. Disney's doing uh, weird stuff with how they have their shows. Sometimes I notice that Disney Plus will say just season one, but it has all the episodes. You know what? I have maybe that's yep. the case. So if there's because I think there's about 65 episodes for every one of these shows. And the reason yeah. for that is simply because that is the minimum amount of episodes that a cartoon series needs to enter syndication. Now, that number of episodes is different for other types of shows. So a live action hour long program would be different. I don't know what it is. But in the case yeah. of a half hour 
uh, cartoon show. 65 episodes is the magic number. So Disney would always go to 65 and then stop. They're like, okay, move on to the mm. next thing, which was kind of right. great because they never got to get old. You had just enough episodes. It's not like there was only 20 episodes or something or 13 episodes, like certain, you know, couple shows that were just, you know, we can never get over not having more episodes like that. Right. Thundercats yeah. reboot and the Wolverine and the X-Men mm-hmm. and certain ones are like they leave mm-hmm. you wanting more and it's like, no, God damn you. Or like the original Dungeons and Dragons needed more episodes or Galtar or something. It's like, yeah. but these are 65. That's a lot. Like, yeah, you that's a complain. lot. Yeah. You can't yeah. complain about that. And, and the way that they would get that done in just one season, because they would literally have an episode on every single day after school, five days a week, is um, they they farmed them out as a lot of different cartoon shows did in the in the nineties. They farmed them out to all different studios. So <clears throat> this right, is something I sense. noticed. This is something I noticed like when I was a little kid, specifically on Tiny Toon Adventures. Um, but mm. all of these shows all do it. Uh, Batman the Animated Series does it too. Um, yeah. But I noticed it really specifically on Tiny Toons. I remember there were certain episodes that were just cuter than other ones. So, like I like the look of this episode. I could tell that there was something about the drawings, something about the style. And you would see that back in the day with Looney Tunes, depending on who the director was. So like, you know, a Frizz, Fre- Frizz Freeling episode looked nothing like a Chuck Jones episode. Um, yep. And you started to get the look of the directors that you like. And you're like, oh, I like Chuck Jones. Oh, I like this guy, whatever. Um, Tex Avery, whoever. Yeah. And uh, this was not because of the director. It was because different houses were just working on these episodes, trying to get them out. So you're like, all right, well, you work on these 10, you work on these 20, you work on these whatever, however they, you know, divvied it out. But, you know, that's that's how we got 65 episodes in one year. <laughs> for all of these different shows it's just yeah so just weird nuts. but that's mm-hmm. how they did it so many different companies did that in the 90s specifically yep. so crazy so crazy it's such, such a good show i i really enjoyed yeah. it Chip and Dale. but what i really enjoyed the most was definitely the video games holy crap so much fun so much fun i loved the the, the first one so much i remember very fondly beating the game for the first time. And I've never been so excited before in my life. Because, uh, I, I always thought the game was really hard. Yeah. I and know, then I, I, I actually went chips. through it and I was like, fuck yes. And then I had the theme song stuck in my head the, the rest of the day. And I, was just so, <laughs> I was on cloud nine. I was like, this is the best day ever. And, it, and that, that theme song is so freaking it is it is one of my favorite all-time guitar cartoon i agree theme songs. I agree. it's just it is yeah. such a fucking perfect a theme song it really is a banger i would i would yeah, rock sure. the frig out to that right like um, i love I, you know i love ducktales and i love the ducktales theme but it's like so like in your face like happy and you know it's it's almost obnoxious and chip and dale's like it starts out and it's like creepy yeah and, and it's it's like you know minor and and it's just so different and then it sort of kicks in and becomes 
you it's know, no Bobby. place too big, no place too small, and you need help. Yeah, it takes longer to get to the happy bullshit, but it's really good. It's yeah, because it starts out with sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks. And then and then it just kind of okay, very minor now after that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, very major after that. Very very major. Yeah, I know. Both, I mean, both of those. The the show I watched so much when I was growing mm-hmm. up because it was yeah. always on either before or after school, one of the two. And Disney moved stuff around a lot, but I got to see a lot of it, and so I just you know loved that show. That was probably you know one of my earliest like Disney adventure shows that I really remembered watching a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of times, like a lot of days. Um, and then you know the the video game was was a ton of fun, and and yeah. being a game that you could play one player or two player, and you could work together or you could fuck with each other. Uh, and I don't know, like not just literally. being able to not literally. No, I said fuck with, not fuck. Period. Uh, <laughs> not fuck. Full stop. Yeah, not you can fuck each other. That's not what I said. It's not. Um, but you know, you heard it, so whatever. Uh, but yeah, so you could also like you know pick shit up and 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 like like a box or like a piece of cement or something and then just plop it down over your head and just a big hide. old apple and yeah. uh, and then your little your little cartoon eyeballs would peek out and be like blink 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 and it was so <laughs> freaking fun and cute yep. and just perfect and uh yeah no it's a very very good game very good show like to you know such a good disney at experience. its best yeah. yeah, such a good two-player experience on the NES, and the uh, the amount of fun that like we had just throwing things back and forth and catching because you <laughs> oh you my could, god if you yeah. held yeah. down yes. the the like attack the, button I believe yeah the beat the B button to, yeah, yeah or hold up up maybe or something I don't know I feel yeah like I, don't, I don't remember yeah something like yeah. that and and you would catch it you would catch whatever was thrown at you by the other player and you could just throw it back and you could keep playing catch or you one of you would miss it and then get hit and you would be dazed i mean yeah, it was yeah. just so incredibly charming and and there really is still to this day no two-player experience that makes me think of that i feel like chip and dale is very singular and very memorable yeah and right. oh my god I, I i there there are only a handful of games that like when i was a little kid and i saw like the graphics and Nintendo power that this game was coming out. It's like all I could think about. It replaced my entire freaking world. There was like a couple mm. of games that did that. Like nothing both, else exists. Both like Ninja Turtles two and three did that. And yeah. oh my God, this game did that. When I saw that first graphic, that first screenshot in Nintendo power, that was just like this one little preview. I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's all I wanted for like months and months and months. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, is there is there going to be more info on Chippendale? Because I loved the DuckTales game for NES so much. And this was just like, yes, it's the next next show. Yes, let's do it. We skipped let's gummy bears for some reason, but let's let's keep going forward. I don't care. Which is really sad because that was also a good show deserving of a proper video game oh for sure would have worked it would have worked yeah very gameable lots of fun characters to play as but but you know they didn't do it for for whatever reason but man that uh that chippendale game was a great follow-up to ducktales and i think they are both just total classics of the nes and um prove that you don't need to be like 
Nintendo hard impossible. Like, you know, you have to be the super gamer of the freaking millennium to get bragging rights just because you beat it in order to have like a fun experience on the Nintendo. These right, were, right. I mean, I thought they were pretty breezy for sure. Chippendale's harder than DuckTales by a lot, but yeah, um, I, I beat those games over and over. Like, I mean, dozens and dozens of times, just, I could never get sick of playing the, honestly, all those Capcom NES games, just, I play them forever over and over just a fun yeah. experience. Like, let's yep. just sit down. I'll just beat it. No problem. Yep. They're a good awesome. breezy playthrough. Mm-hmm. Nice, okay. so okay. Chip and Dale. Yeah, Chip Rock and roll. Dale. Yeah, man. Rescue Rangers. Awesome. Yeah. Sauce. All right. So, right. Abe, Alchemy, tell us about your pick. Sure. Um. So, I'm going to start us off with the uh, reference material that I alluded to at the beginning. Obviously, you know if you just heard us, which you did. Uh, this is the Aladdin cartoon show, Disney's Aladdin the series aka just Aladdin, um, which I feel like makes searching for a lot of these shows kind of awkward because a lot Mm. of them are just called the same exact thing. They don't even necessarily officially go by like, you know, Hercules the show or Aladdin the series. It's like a lot of times it's just Aladdin, Hercules, you know, Tarzan. Um, But yeah, so just known as Aladdin uh, was an animated show on the Disney afternoon block that aired from 94 to 95, had a total of three seasons in 86 total episodes. Wow. Which is absolutely insane. Um, I haven't watched a single episode. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate because it's very very much almost impossible to watch anything now because they've never put it out and Disney Plus does not host the show. Um, oh, they don't have it. Oh, bummer. No, no, Disney Plus does not have oh. it. Uh, that was why, yeah, the whole, uh, we had a whole conversation about uh, really crappy bootleg YouTube hosting being the oh, only way yeah. to watch anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is, you know, Disney's prerogative. I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, some suspect that Genie makes too many pop culture references and that the show would have been a licensing nightmare. I don't really know who, oh, like who, wow. who knows for sure. I, I kind of have a hard time imagining that like people would, would be going after legal damages, but I don't know. I guess they just don't want to touch it. I, okay. If that is true, then Animaniacs would not be able to be anywhere. That's what you would think. Um, yeah, so I, I have no idea. I, I think hmm. that it's not clear. That is why. interesting, though. But the show yeah. supposedly is is available to watch on Sling TV. I don't I don't know anything about Sling TV other than it's you know oh, kind of like a it's it's a terrible cable alternative. It's a terrible thing. service. I actually just downloaded it on my uh, Fire Stick TV, and uh, that thing just takes for. Ever and ever and ever and ever and ever to load up a lot of program. It's because like, I only got it because Stargate SG One was on there. It's the only way how I can yeah. watch it. Uh, like, yep. Oh well, you something. know what? Now forget it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, right. I'll I'll wait until it comes back to Netflix or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. A shitty, so shitty program. 
So Sling TV is supposed to be where it currently is. I can't confirm or deny that. Uh, but anyway, the show was produced by the same folks behind the Chippendale and Darkwing Duck shows, Alan Zaslov and Tad Stones. Um, many of the original Aladdin films voice actors reprised their roles for the show. Um, main differences being Genie is now voiced by Dan Castellaneta of Homer Simpson fame. And, yep. uh, and the Sultan is being voiced by Val Bettine. Uh, who, as far as I can tell, does such a good Sultan that unless they're right next to each other, my brain thought it was the same guy. I thought it was the same guy my whole life. Actually. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so it's a different actor. Um, right. Also worth mentioning that this show premiered on TV four months before the sequel movie, The Return of Jafar, was aired. But ironically, the show actually chronologically takes place after The Return of Jafar. So kind of weird you know that would have been would have made more sense to have return to jafar hit and then get to have the show start and pick up where it left off um but doesn't really have too much of a bearing on anything anyway i mean the show has so many self-contained things so i mean oh yeah well like what what the disney afternoon did so well was have a lot of shows that had really great stories and adventures and like classic um I don't know that that kind of thing that I think we we talk about a lot and Steve talks about a lot with like just stories having that high adventure that sense of you know wonder and exploration and it's not necessarily like I don't know every, everything is like all these self-contained really good memorable little stories little nuggets and it's not just like oh okay let's see what these same old characters are doing that we've you know dealt with a million times there's constantly new characters new concepts new magic new monsters like all sorts of stuff that really enhance the concept in the world of aladdin like you go back and watch the movie and then watching the show it's like wow this is such an amazing supplementary piece that makes this whole idea of agrabah and all the other things around it feel so much more legit there's so much more going on um i got to watch a handful of episodes like i said on youtube they were very very you know iffy but still fine enough to watch the get the you know get the idea here there's i mean an episode where they have to they they like there was a a sand sorceress who was was a bad guy but became good and then like they were trying to trust her and she seemed untrustworthy but she was really genuinely trying to do the right thing and there was like this other ancient like trio of sisters that were doing this like dark sand sorcery and and genie couldn't (laughs) affect it because his you know semi-phenomenal powers can't they they can't interfere with sand magic they're two different schools of magic i'm like okay whatever aladdin but you know it was just they were putting thought into it and there was another episode where genie got split into seven personalities which is totally an episode i remember from the first time seeing it and you get like the super tiny little baby genie and then the really pissed off angry genie and the the yeah. super giant like you know oh I'm, I'm, i'll take care of you like mama bird uh genie there were there was all these different ones that was a cool episode and honestly as as irreplaceable as robin williams is dan castellaneta does a super job honestly <laughs> honestly yeah. as genie it's like does, you would yeah. be like oh god it's just gonna sound like homer simpson and it's like i mean at certain points yes you are just you're just going to hear that but he does such a good job as Genie and goes through all like the highs and lows and the dynamics of that voice that it totally works. Like after watching five or six episodes, you're like, 
this is just Genie's voice. Like, yeah, it's never yeah, not been this. So I, I'm super impressed with with his performance because, man, what a hard what a hard act to follow. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know. remember when when they announced the uh, return of Jafar, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, Robin Williams isn't coming back," and everybody was like up in arms, and I was pissed. And you know, I'm like, I, "I'll never be able to get used to hearing a different person be Genie." But after, yep. and I didn't like it in the context of that movie. But then the show happened and you and I like watched a ton of it mm-hmm. and I, yeah, the intro is so ingrained in my head. Like I, I, I <sighs> hear the intro and it's like, I picture that intro, our couch in our house in Milford and sitting there like with cereal. And it's like this whole, yeah, like, yeah. like vision of like, yes. wow, we heard this so many times. We yeah, watched we so really, much of this. We really watched the crap out of that show. And like, I, I, by the time that the, the, the third movie came out which was aladdin and the king of themes uh-huh. yeah, king of thieves um that they worked the deal out and okay sure robin williams came back and everybody was really really excited and i was like and i was one of them and uh i'm like oh i don't ooh, oh my god i can't believe i'm gonna say this i i, I it, so- it sounds uh, wrong <laughs> <laughs> we've had so much more dan castellanetta now yeah, at this point exactly. it's like jesus the, the yeah. amount of, of minutes and hours yeah, so much exactly, more than exactly. we had of robin so we just yeah. eclipsed him yeah um yeah just a a couple other episodes that were noteworthy there's there's an evil sorcerer mosin wrath yeah i always yes. thought just looks like a paler version of of aladdin like a paler prettier boy version and he yeah, has he this flying like eel evil. xerxes Yes, the flying eel Xerxes. Yep. That's right. Flying eel Xerxes. And uh they, yeah, they he was are... voiced by uh Jonathan Brandis, voiced Mosenrath. Jonathan Brandis, uh teen heartthrob who sadly met a tragic end. But um yeah, he uh he was he was an it kid at the time, that's for yeah. sure. Wow. So, so yeah, so this character was a recurring villain for the show. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the one episode that I, I made a point to go watch was like the, the wind jackal of Momin Wrath or Mosin Wrath or something. And basically okay. he just, he gets to, you know, this, this temple and whatever, and uses this magic to summon this like whirlwind jackal named Sirocco. And it's like this red and red and gray like wolf and it can just like turn into a tornado and like rip through all kinds of shit and so it it was just like a a really cool story that actually (laughs) took a little while to get there because like the first half of the episode you're like what's you like what are we doing you know like you know that this the episode's called the wind jackals of Mosenrath, um but it takes so long and then finally he summons it and then you know you have this whole second act of the show of that episode where they're dealing with it um really cool cool looking and 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 they they did a, a good job with that uh the other one i saw there was a there was a vegas type city that was being destroyed every single night and uh, and they were hiring this this group of imps to rebuild it. And there was an imp named Nazir who kind of looks like a brown Iago, but with bat wings. Okay. And um, he like was basically using his magic power and the power of the imps to rebuild the city every single night for a huge amount of money. And you find out that uh, the thing that destroys the city every night is this gigantic gigantic fucking pink rhinoceros that cannot stop itself from dancing and every night it dances through the city and destroys it and you find out later that actually the imp nazir 
put these like cursed shoes on this rhino and it prevents it from being able to control itself and it, oh, it just yeah, has yeah. to dance and it has to destroy uh but i mean you know they just they did world building they they you know established bad guys that came back yeah uh, there's a rogues gallery on all of these shows that was mm-hmm. that was such a novel concept it's yep. like, yeah, the adventure stuff, but also rogues gallery. You're mm-hmm. gonna set up all these villains and they're all gonna be in two, three, four episodes. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah, and that, that really does a lot, you know, for for world building. Um, you know, I I think like Definitely. we said, the show had a lot of good ideas, but unfortunately the show is just largely forgotten, as is the case with like we were saying, the Little Mermaid show and Aladdin and uh hercules and, and tarzan and whatnot mm. but uh there's a pretty good fan community out there for the aladdin show uh aladdincentral.org uh which actually even has transcripts with moment to moment screenshots of almost every single episode of the oh show oh my god all 86 episodes from what i could tell were represented in some fashion and they had verbal written out transcript and moment to moment screenshots of the whole thing it is wow. wild it seems like a like a passion project to the max i have no idea when the last time it was updated but it is still it is still hosted i didn't need to use the Wayback machine so um <laughs> you know that that just goes to show it uh, it was a good product and people loved yes. it um whatnot that is really good to know i i had no idea such a thing existed that's so cool yeah, I it was a it was a you know good resource for a couple episodes. I was trying to remember a name. Hmm. Um, so one of the characters introduced, I believe, in the context of the show, I couldn't find the episode, but you learned about Jafar's sister, Nasira. Yes. And you know, Jafar is long gone, whatever. So hmm. Nasira is a character that they establish. She's also a sorceress, she's she's a ne'er-do-well. Uh in the you know, transitioning to the video game adaptation, uh, this is a game I also never got to play and i maybe only saw at the rental store but it's called aladdin nasira's revenge um and it is a 3d adventure game for the playstation one released in 2001 and it features aladdin predominantly but you can also play as like abu and uh jasmine in a few stages but Al's main get, uh, gig is that he's trying to stop Nasira as she's trying to collect all these magic relics and revive Jafar from the dead. Uh, and uh, the game actually has all of the you know re- same returning voice actors as the show. So just Genie and, and um, the Sultan are different. And even the voice actor for Jafar is the same from the original movie, even though he wasn't in the show. So oh, they wow. got the, the original voice actor for Jafar to reprise his role Prince as a ghost. <laughs> it's it's really good. Disney at this point in time had a a serious commitment to like quality and and uniformity of like their you know voices and stuff like that. So that was awesome. Um, the game has you going through a variety of stages in Agrabah and the Sultan's Palace, among a bunch of other things. Like I said, I just got to watch a bit of this game. It's a collect-a-thon. You go around getting coins. You can fight off bad guys with a sword, or you can throw apples. Uh, Genie has all voiced dialogue throughout the whole game, and he's like your tutorial. So he'll pop up and be like, Al, over there, you see some apples? Pick them up and throw them at the target. Like, whatever. You know, like, he just kind of, like, guides you through everything. But it's all voice acted, and it's done great. Yeah. Um, And then there are also bonus stages that you can do after each level. You, like, play a stage, do a bonus stage, rinse, repeat. Um, 
and when you clear those stages you get like special gems i don't know if there's like something later in the game that uh uses those or whatever but they kind of seem like the chaos emeralds where it's like these are a big deal i don't know why we have to get them but they want us to get them um but yeah i mean all in all it seems like a pretty proficient game like it 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 doesn't look like it's going to blow your mind it looks Mm -hmm. like a playstation one game but there's good attention to detail the levels are, you know, small to start. They get bigger and bigger as you go. Gets more and more complex. I mean, for what it is, it seems pretty solid considering mm. it's a Disney game based off of a show, you know? It's right. actually kind of neat. So I got to hand it to them. And uh, one other thing that I, I have to mention is that the game was developed by Argonaut Studios. And Argonaut oh. Studios is most most well-known for being the developer of Star Fox. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, How cool so, is that? Yeah, very cool. I, I guess Argonaut Studios actually did a a variety of work for um, for Disney uh, for a little while there, um, and uh, I I had no idea. You know, I'm most familiar with with Star Fox and and you know some of the other ones. They actually did uh, the, the Croc games as well, but oh, they eventually. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what this actually reminds me of. It's like totally that type. Yeah, it's it's that early 3D, but you know, with you know a path. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not tons of exploring, but you know. Yep, yep, uh, and uh, it's definitely like Croc. You know, and uh, Croc Croc itself is an interesting one for another time. That was originally pitched as a Yoshi game, and Nintendo said no thanks. So they're just like, well, okay, but uh, but yeah, so they also did it. We'll give them a tooth. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> take, um, take the saddle give him a tooth he's done he's done uh so yeah they also did the empress new groove game and then uh i remember oh, okay. very fondly the playstation one specifically harry potter and the uh sorcerer stone and harry potter and the chamber of secrets games on the playstation one were all like really surprisingly solid uh like 3d 3d platformer games so this falls into that category nicely definitely fun uh not one i have nostalgia for but neat that there's a tie-in for the show so yeah yeah totally right because the aladdin games the super nintendo and genesis yeah everybody knows those they're better they're great but they're they're for the movie right yeah this this actually tied into the series that's so cool yeah very cool indeed So, so yeah, awesome. That, that's, that's about it for uh, for Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Yes, nice. All right, Parasite Steve for the final sure. pick of this block. Yes, sir. Um, okay, so I went with a show that I have no nostalgia for whatsoever because <laughs> I'm so obvious with my picks, and you guys, you know, we're gonna pick whatever shows you're gonna pick, and I'm not gonna do DuckTales again. I have talked about <laughs> DuckTales plenty and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I I don't know. I I sorta I knew what my my other pick was was gonna be right off the bat. Uh, which I'll do in the second half. But this one, I'm like, you know, I want to do something out of left field. And I was trying to like figure out because we all had to pick ones that had games. Like that was a little bit limiting, but not so limiting. Most of them actually did have games. I mean, other than like schnookums and meat and quack pack. I mean, most of them had games. But anyway, so it's like, all right, I'm going to pick Bonkers. And it is a show that I 100% remember existing, and that's it. I will tell you that it did not appeal to me back in the day, and I watched two episodes of it 
for this show, for this episode because it is on Disney Plus for some freaking reason. I have no idea why. It's so weird that <laughs> Aladdin is not, but this is. Um, and I will I will tell you this uh, hilarious thing. So uh, over the weekend, so I'm like, you know doing stuff and it's like all right lunchtime on saturday i'm like all right i'm gonna watch two episodes of this and uh my wife mrs parasite she's like oh i'll um i'll watch i'll watch one episode with you and then she's like i have i have some homework to do like okay so we sit down we're watching bonkers dead silence total crickets and uh after about 10 minutes she's like i hate this (laughs) (laughs) reach so I did not I did not enjoy the show at all. So so basically, uh, here are the facts. Ran for one season of 65 episodes, big surprise, debuting in February 1993. It was actually produced by Greg Wiseman, who would later go on to create Gargoyles. He is the Gargoyles guy, Greg yeah. Wiseman, but he did a lot of stuff for Disney. Um, <clears throat> uh, along with, I mentioned it previously, Marsupalami, Bo- Bonkers was actually a spinoff from the show, Raw Tunage, which only ran for 12 episodes the previous year. Okay. I do vaguely remember this now. It's like I do it all came back. Like as I was reading about this and and stuff and thinking about it, it's like, okay, yes, I do recall this. So this is probably why Marsupalami was linked intrinsically in my brain with bonkers. I'm like, okay, yes, I know they came out around the same time. I know they both have games. Um but I didn't really watch either show. And I thought that Marsupalami was part of the Disney afternoon. I like thought for sure. Yeah. And it turns out that <clears throat> it wasn't, but it was part of this Disney show. So it was produced by mm-hmm. Disney. Um, but Marsupalami is based on a Brazilian comic strip, I guess, or a comic book or something. Uh, it actually kind of looks like the Smurfs. If you look at the drawings, uh, same eyes as the Smurfs. Oh, okay. Um, but totally different. I did actually watch about five seconds of a Marsupalami episode as well. I had also never seen that show. And guess what? I couldn't get further because they don't talk. They just mumbo jumbo. Oh, boy. All the characters just have f- this fake language. And they're just like, Abaduba, Bidabuda. I'm like, oh my god, I cannot. <laughs> wow, wow. I literally Why lasted like want that. I I mean the drawings are cute. The the characters are, are cool so it seems looking, like it would work as a cartoon as a comic, but the right. cartoon was like they felt oh, the need for talking, but they didn't on. have dialogue. And there's like a yeah. whole family of them. There's Marsupalami and his like little two little kids and his wife, and they all just mumbo jumbo. Anyway, Ikumbukum. Um, so we have instead we have Bonkers. So Bonkers was a bobcat. His real name is Bonkers D. Bobcat. He's uh, an anthropomorphic bobcat, if I uh, have made that clear. Uh, <laughs> and in the world of this show, he was previously a very popular movie star, a cartoon star, but he had washed out of show business and. Uh, entered the real workforce and became a cop, much like Steven Seagal. Uh, but unlike Steven Seagal, he's not a complete asshole. He was uh, he was made junior partner of Detective Lucky Pequel. That's this guy's name. He's a human, and his name is Lucky Pequel. He's a Pequel. big, fat, like just like detective-looking dude. Um, I mean, he is so fat. 
he is they draw him so slobby and uh anyway he he hates tunes he's grumpy all the time um so here's the weird thing and i do recall that this bothered me at the time now now this is after darkwing duck which i adored jim cummings who did the voice of darkwing duck and a million other things and and eight bit and i did get to meet him last year at, at a terrific on that was really fun yeah um <clears throat> he did a little hondo onaka for us from the clone wars yes. but uh yep but he you know he is so incredible as darkwing duck the voice that he he came up with is just so good but in bonkers he voices both bonkers and lucky so he, the two leads are just a guy talking to himself Wow. And uh, you can just tell like, I, I just, I just never liked it. I never liked either voice like that he came up with bonkers is like very grating. And um, basically everything in the world is pretty much alive because it's a tune uh, except for the, the things that, you know, if, if you're a human and you're supposed to not be a cartoon, then you, they draw you with normal proportions and stuff like that and you look like a human so obviously this is reminiscent of something else yeah right um elephant in the room who framed roger rabbit so the show obviously takes very heavy inspiration from who framed roger rabbit and uh for years fans speculated on whether or not the show was originally supposed to actually have been a Roger Rabbit show that maybe, you know, you just spe- start to speculate. You're like, oh, maybe they couldn't get the licenses or maybe Disney just said no or, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody weird owns Roger Rabbit for some reason. Um, and uh, in fact, because Roger Rabbit was a Disney car- Disney character, like they introduced him after that movie came out as a park costume. So even oh, wow. though the movie I didn't know that yeah even though the movie actually had cartoons from all different studios and warner brothers and all these different other you know mgm and uh all sorts of stuff uh you know it it was technically a disney movie so anyway the real answer was it actually supposed to be roger rabbit show is uh no so greg wiseman um actually gave an interview uh I don't know. I guess I don't have the year, but he explains that that's actually not the case. He says, quote, certainly Roger provided inspiration for bonkers. And I suppose one could say that if some higher up had come in and said to us, uh, do you want to do the version, the TV version of Roger Rabbit instead, uh, which he said never happened. Then he said he certainly would have jumped at the chance and most likely bonkers would never have happened. But Bonkers was developed as its own entity, originally titled Toon Cop. Roger was actually never our Toon Cop. So I'm sure they had a creation process of who the Toon Cop was going to be, but it was just never Roger. Well, Wiseman later noted, we were, uh, this is a different interview, but he says something similar and then he keeps going. We were, of course, inspired by Roger Rabbit, but we knew our entire show was going to be animated. So that's the big difference, right? Roger Rabbit, yeah. the, the real humans are real humans and the tunes are tunes. And that's the charm of it all. You're like, oh, well, no, tunes exist in this place called Toontown and they exist with humans in the real world, but they're zany, crazy cartoons, but they are like working actor schlubs and they just, you know, 
can fall out of favor and they can have their careers end. And when, you know, you're no longer making Porky Pig cartoons, what does Porky Pig have to do to keep the lights on? Like that sort of a thing. Like it's interesting. Yeah. And, uh, but in this, you know, he said uh, he developed the series with bonkers, jitters, Miranda, Sergeant grading. Oh yeah. This character, Sergeant grading. He's just a jerk and he's voiced by uh, Ron Perlman. Sergeant oh, grading. <laughs> That's funny. Um, he said the Toon Cop idea was dropped as the title specifically because it seemed a little too close to Toon Patrol from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, yeah. so there you go. It actually was never supposed to be a Roger Rabbit show, but it is damn similar. But in my yeah. personal opinion, having the whole thing animated, now I get it. I get that you can't possibly make a, a, a show that, that has 65 episodes where you're filming live action humans doing the stuff. I, I understand this. Like I get it. It needed to be a cartoon, but I just think that it doesn't work quite as well because everybody is a cartoon. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you start to separate and stuff and yeah, the humans act more, more realistic, but even then they're pretty cartoonish. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just, it wasn't for me. Um, honestly, the, the biggest, the biggest problem that I had with it was that, well, other than I just really just did not personally like that Jim Cummings is just talking to himself the entire freaking time. That's very weird. Um, <clears throat> very weird. But I thought that it was, it was, it's so loud and so constant. Like it's always on 11. It's just, it's energy level and it's, you know, million jokes a minute and literally everything has eyeballs in a mouth and everything's making cameos and everything's like, like if you can picture the scene from Roger Rabbit where they go in Toontown and, and Eddie Valiant, it just wants to like die, which is a hundred percent what Nintendo would be like too. If he went into Toontown, he'd be like, me. shoot me, <clears throat> shoot me now, shoot me in the face with a cannon. I need to die. And, um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how the whole show is. It's like yeah. it's it doesn't have enough quiet moments. There's no quiet. There's no pausing to appreciate anything. It's just go 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 loud 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 loud. And I don't know. It's uh it's not like it doesn't have fans. I'm sure that um the show has value and and uh I did only watch two episodes, but um not a huge fan. I did want to mention before going into the video game. Um the coolest part about the show, I think, is that like Roger Rabbit, it's it tries to pad the world with existing cartoon characters. So obviously they could only choose Disney characters, um, but they 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 use them like sporadically and randomly. And sometimes they would be small, like, you know, uh, a really super quick cameo like there, somebody would show up and just like walk past or sometimes it would be like you know there'd be like a, a framed photo of like goofy on somebody's yeah. desk yeah or just something feels like, like other characters live in yeah. the world though. right yeah. and then other characters would randomly be in it like a lot and surprisingly the characters that were existing characters that were in the show the most i know this makes no sense at all but the mad hatter and the march hare from Alice in Wonderland okay. were just in it all the time. They're huh. in the first episode, which is the, the first one I watched. And uh, honestly, you know, the, the production is fantastic. The animation is incredible. The drawings are incredible. Like it looks amazing. It really does. That first episode, especially, and you can tell the dip in uh, quality and the change in style even from episode one to episode two, you can really tell you're like, oh my God, this looks like a different show. Yeah. 
And it's not like it was bad or anything, but it's that thing I was talking about. It's like, okay, this was handled by a different studio. And clearly they, they put all the money into that first episode. And I'm sure there are certain other ones that have, you know, similar looks or whatever, but damn, that first episode looks amazing. But anyway, basically what happens is uh, there are things missing all over town and uh, they get a call from the Mad Hatter and they go to the Mad Hatter and he's like, he he's like, oh, they somebody stole the Martell. I don't know what happened. We were having a tea party and someone stole the Martell. And so they have to go around and they're like, everything keeps going missing. And it turns out like there's this cartoon bag, just like a handbag that has just been like eating everything because he wants friends. That was that was the. Review. That's not how you get friends. It's not, that's what they say. That's what Bonkers said. He's like, oh, that's not how you know. And uh, and and so, but the bag ends up uh, not getting in trouble because uh, the Mad Hatter refuses refuses to um, press charges. He's like, no, no, he's my friend now. Uh, so anyway, uh, also down from the Mad Hatter in March Hare, uh, Professor Ludwig von Drake. That's like the you know German duck scientist guy that shows up in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um with the hair sticking it, out the sides yeah with the hair sticking out the sides yeah he's uh he's in a bunch of episodes uh and uh darkwing duck actually was in three so that's that's cool that's a decent amount yeah um cool. and there's a bunch of other like small cameos and and they did a lot of references for for like properties that they couldn't actually outright show but they were like they would do like a parody of them instead like um i guess there's an episode where there's there's four ninja kitties and they all have names that are based on like like musical composers okay so it's like you know kind of right. fun and they have right. colorful Thinly masks and references. stuff yeah so there's there's stuff like that as well so i mean you know that is all really fun and uh i do really like that but i don't know anyway that's that's bonkers honestly i gotta say probably the only theme song of all the D- disney afternoon shows i actually don't like i mean it's it's not really that. right it's pretty just i it's, yeah. it's it's grading it really is it's officer grading the whole thing yeah. um but hey what are you gonna do the game on the other hand okay so let's get into this so there's a few games actually that came out um, one was for the Genesis, which was really weird looking. I didn't know this existed until just the other day. Um, there, it's just a game of like mini games, basically. There's four mini games, and uh, I don't know. It it doesn't look very good. It's very weird. There's also a Game Gear game, which is uh, which is more of an action what? platformer. Yeah, really? there's a Game Gear game. So many bonkers games come out. It's bonkers. <laughs> Um, and then the one that we're actually going to be talking about, the Super Nintendo one. I wish I had this game as a kid. I would have loved it. I am I am positive. I have never played this. I wish, I wish I had played this. Um, off the bat, it reminds me of two games that I already love to death. One of them is, uh, is uh, the Mickey Mouse game for Super Nintendo. Um, yeah. Wait, what's, what's that called? The... Um, the magical yeah. quest magical, magical yeah. quest. quest yeah so the magical quest starring mickey is uh is one of my favorite super nintendo games this this one literally is like it just uses the same sound effects even like you know in that game i don't know if you guys remember but you'd like jump on enemies and it would make a little fart sound be a little yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. little brown noise like as you're going along. Same sound effect. They reused it. It's the same one. So weird, really. I've heard that a million times. I played that game so many times. They use that. There's a bunch of like little like, you know, just shiny sounds and bling and bleeps and bloops that are like, oh my God, this is just Mickey. So weird. Um, also, the the sprites are like kind of similar. I would say it doesn't look as good as that game did, but it's it's a good looking game. Honestly, looking Bonkers game. looks really great. Yeah. Um, also, the other game it reminds me of so much is another favorite. Oh, my God. This game never gets talked about. Buster Busts Loose, which was actually oh made God, by Konami. Yeah. And uh, I I mean, that's a Tiny Toon Adventures game. I love that game so much. Another game I beat a million times just for the pure joy of playing it. Um, So this game also doesn't look as quite as good as that game, but um, it does seem to play exactly the same pretty much. You know, in that game, in this one, you have a a dash meter and you kind of have to hold down the button and you charge it up for a second and then you let it go and he just runs forward. And uh, in that, in that action he is basically invincible for one hit and he can you know hurt an enemy or kill an enemy or whatever and uh yeah i mean uh it it is a fun mechanic it's a fun mechanic that sort of Mm -hmm. isn't really that used i i can't think of too many games that really feel like that i mean so i mean i think that it really makes me think of those two games specifically. And those are good benchmarks to have. I really just love those games. And, and uh, you know, it's just fun. I mean, at the beginning, the story is that uh, they get in a car crash. So Lucky is like out of commission and you just, um, you just take control of bonkers, but there's one of the villains from the show. I, well, I assume he's from the show. He, um, he steals three tune treasures from the Smithsonian and they're pretty fun. He steals um, the sorcerer's hat from the sorcerer's apprentice he steals um the mermaid's voice from little mermaid where it's like a seashell on a necklace when she gives her voice to ursula and the magic lamp from aladdin um pretty fun so it's like okay these are fun mcguffins i can get behind um and you just you know you, you i think there's five levels three of them you collect those back there's one that that comes first before you start collecting the treasures and then there's just one after and uh are there there the only the only like secret room that i saw from this playthrough i i like i wish there were more but the ending makes me think that this is the only one because it put it it, it put it actually in the cast at the end they redid the cast and they showed you the sprites again at the end there's a secret room at the top of this building in in level like two i think and um donald and mickey are like sitting in little director type chairs and mickey has his back to you and he's reading a newspaper so you just see like see his that's cool and uh his his shirt set his uh no his uh chair says mm it's like a director's chair but it says mm yeah and then donald is like asleep over in his so it's just a really fun and there's like some like, you know, items in there or whatever, like health power up or something. But um, it was crazy. Like there are so many permanent health upgrades in this game. Like, oh, my God, you start with like three hearts. I think he had eight by the end of it. And, and they like oh, never wow. even died. Not even once. I mean, I know people are really good when they upload their long plays. But yeah, sure. I mean, it looked very, very that easy. As a reference. Yeah. It looked so easy breezy. It really <laughs> yeah. did um but super fun i'd love to play it so anyway um last game of the last uh guy of the game bad guy is like this father time clock guy and he's just he's just grumpy that like 
nobody ever thanked him for keeping time in Toontown. So like feels out of nowhere. Destroy everything. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna first I'm gonna steal your treasures. Then I'm going to just stop doing my job, which I could have done without stealing the treasures. And when I do that, the entire world is going to be ruined. And then you'll be sorry for not saying thank you. And then Bonker's like, oh, thanks. Thanks a lot for doing your job. And he's like, oh, my God, this single thank you has changed my mind and saved the world. Like, it's really <laughs> the dialogue is, is this hilarious. But uh, anyway, so Bonker's uh, the Super Nintendo game looks amazing. I really want to play it. Um, and there you have it. Yeah. A very rare Parasite, Steve. I didn't actually like the thing I'm presenting presentation. <laughs> well, thank That's you. That's funny to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome picks, guys. So it's about that time that we're going to take a short break. But before we do, we have something for you, wonderful people, to Octoponder. And that is, what is your favorite disney game based on a movie or standalone game basically what i'm saying is what's your favorite disney game so uh before uh so we'll, we'll just we'll just jump right into that we'll we'll, we'll do the ad thing we're, we're gonna do the, the whole ad oh thing, okay and then okay. We'll, we'll do that and then mm-hmm. and then we'll give you yeah. our answers oh and then we'll read off your answers wow okay so, okay. so let's yeah. let's just do that let's just do all, that right all now right. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's what the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith. Dorks the Podcast. The Dorkening. Black and White Fright. The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Do you like gaming? You know, this game would be better if it was a battle royale. Do you like technology? I bet this tech would work better if it was a battle royale. Do you like movies, TV shows, and everything else that me and Nate can't agree on? The Last Jedi was easily the best Star Wars film I have ever seen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Everybody in this room is stupid now because of you. Talking Gaming and Tech is a bi-weekly podcast where we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and tech. Now part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Talking Gaming and Tech is a podcast produced by Tech Prime Media. You can find us on YouTube and all their social media platforms. You can find Talking Gaming and Tech on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. This podcast is filmed live. If you want to check us out while we're filming live, remember to follow links on social media and your comment might be read on air. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. 
All right, welcome back, everyone. We post this question to you on Facebook, and we'll be reading some of your answers. But first, we'll give you our answers. And uh, so the question was, uh, what was your favorite Disney video game based on a movie or standalone game, a.k.a. Uh, what's your favorite Disney game of all time? So I'll start off, and uh, for me, this is a really, really tough pick. So I, I keep thinking about these games. And I'm like, I love them. I love them all. They're so good in their own way. But uh, I, 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 I'm leaning more towards Ducktales because I love that whole pogo stick mechanic, mm-hmm. and I don't know, just everything about that game is just, is awesome. I, I love it so much. It's not mm-hmm. a very long game. It's easy to play through. And I don't know. I just love it. It's so uh, multiple endings. Multiple endings. Yeah, I don't think any any of those other games have that. So far, I think it's just Ducktales. Yep. God tier fun. Yeah, for me. So, uh yeah, that's my pick. So uh, nice. keep it off me. What's yours? Um. Okay. So I mean, I think just based on having played the absolute most, it would it would have to be uh, Chip and Dale um, for the NES. I mean, if, I'm not counting Kingdom Hearts because I feel like. Disney's in that game, but that in a Disney game. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, Chippendale. Uh, but I am actually going to also shout out the Disney game that I probably played and rented the absolute most. We did not own it. And that is a game called Mickey's Ultimate Challenge. Oh, yes. Which is oh, a collection of mini games uh, targeted for young gamers. Like, you know, definitely probably around the age of like four to six and um and you know they were just basically all these different little mini games this this came out on everything genesis super nintendo game boy like all the things um but there was all these different you know there was like a matching game there was a a different memory game there was like a a tiny game where you had to like navigate a chess board and and all this other different stuff and i don't know i i loved this game so much and you could kind of just walk to any part of the world and and play any of the any of the mini games that you want and once you cleared all of them you would get to like the final area or whatever and you'd be able to go do one last thing and beat the game but uh it was actually jack and the beanstalk themed mickey was dressed up as jack from jack and the beanstalk and the final final place that you got to was you you grew the beanstalk and you could climb up into the clouds and 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 wake up the giant and uh and I think it, I think that was actually when it came back to reality, and it was all in a dream. But this is a game that I just don't hear anybody talk about. And man, did I play it so a lot! True. Oh, I played man, it so a true. lot, a lot. I so think that I, has to be your most rented game. I remember most rented game. It got yeah. to a point where I remember was you it for and Mom Genesis? Both, it was on both. Yeah, it was on Genesis and Super Nintendo. And you and Mom both were like, "Why don't?" you just buy this game or why don't we just get you this right. game for your birthday? And I was like, I don't know. I've just rented it so many times. I don't technically need to own it. I just like it. Like <laughs> I just want to keep, keep playing renting it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that, you know, I don't know. Made it's more, sense in my it's head. more expensive. Yeah. When you also, uh, interestingly enough, it came out in uh, 1994 for most of the world, except in Brazil where it came out in 1998. No idea hmm. why. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, whatever. Mickey's Ultimate Challenge. It's a great game for young gamers. If you're trying to get your kids into playing games, um, this is yeah. a really fun game and is, you know, tries to teach you some basic kind of, you know, educational whatever without being like, here's a history quiz. Right. Um, yeah, right, it's a fun right. game. Fun game. Rock on. 
Nice. Nice. Parasite Steve. Um, so I'm going to give a couple quick uh, just honorable mentions that were not mentioned by the Retroids that I saw. Um, there were two Donald Duck games for the, the Game Gear that were both really, really fun. Um, I don't I don't have them up in front of me. I know one of them is called like the Magic Dime Caper. Lucky Dime Caper. Lucky da- yeah, the Lucky Dime Caper. Yeah. Um, just really fun games. The second one was a little bit better than the first one, um, where you're trying to rescue the the nephews and trying to get treasures. And it, it's it's similar to DuckTales, I guess, but it doesn't play like it. I mean, he's got like a big hammer he swings. It's sort of weird, but great games. Um, check them out. Also, uh, oh my god, Hercules for the PS1 is an amazing game. An it amazing, really amazing is. I'm game. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Uh it's so good. It is so such a sleeper game. I'm sure like who even bothered to play that? It's a licensed game for a Disney movie. They all sucked. Like except, you know, well on the Nintendo and Super Nintendo, like the 16 8-bit 16-bit era. Actually, these games we're talking about are fantastic, but it really turned into like this, oh, we just pump them out. And um there are a lot fewer great you know, licensed games and there are good ones, but this one is great. PlayStation one. Oh my God. And I still, still to this day, when he gets the health power-ups, it's just like a, a cup with a straw. And he says, Herculade, 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 Herculade. <laughs> yep. Every single yep. time he picks up, just love it. Herculade. Herculade. And that this is, is the game where like all of today. like Philoctetes' uh, rules would get like grilled into your brain. He's like, rule number 96, concentrate. Oh, rule number right. 98, yeah. aim. Like you just That's said right, that right, shit right, constantly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, though I think there was one level that was like that. He was yep. he was specifically like just the film. Would not level. stop saying that, that shit. Yeah, that that was uh not my favorite of all time, like Disney movie or anything like that. But man, that game is great. And the Hydra boss is fantastic. Really, really, cool. really yeah, just yeah. big 3D polygons because it's mostly sprites. And uh they did a great job of like blending the two. Really great game. But my favorite has to be Disney's Magical Quest, the Magical Quest starring mm. Mickey Mouse. Um, for yep. the Super Nintendo, as I mentioned earlier. Look, I I I just love this game. Okay. Like I played it a billion times, yep. a billion, billion times. It's so fun. You you get costumes for Mickey Mouse as you go. And the point of the game is simply to rescue Pluto, his his old pal. Ha! Ah, old pal. And um, <laughs> and he uh, you know, he, he like he turns into like a like an Arabian sorcerer and he turns into um, what's a firefighter and a with like who's shooting water out of his hose. <clears throat> and, uh, and then he, uh, he turns into a mountain climber and the mountain climber is so freaking fun. He comes with this like lap, this grappling, like, like hook and like rope sort of a thing and you can just yeah. sort of grapple onto these little little nodes as you go and and swing and it just becomes this totally different game you're like wow i can do this like anywhere and like oh man this is just so freaking fun and then you can like climb up the rope and i mean it's great there you end up switching between all of the costumes later like that's that's how it goes you know you start out just as regular mickey and then it's like oh you get the first costume then the second costume once you have them you can just be whatever costume you want and they they affect the environment like like the uh the water hose will move certain blocks there are certain like steel blocks and if you fire 
on those, it actually pushes them over. And sometimes you need to move them if you want to get up higher. You have to make like a staircase for yourself. Also, if there are fire things, uh, you can put out whatever fire enemies or uh, anything like whatever. I remember there being a boss that was a very difficult boss where I remember a couple of the bosses being kind of hard in this game. Uh, but there's one boss who's like a face and he's uh, he's he's basically on fire the whole time or he's got fire inside of him or something. And the only weapon that works is the the, the hose, the firefighter. And you have to yeah. keep keep firing water at him. But if you take too long and you miss too many times in a row, he starts to gain back his heat, which is, of course, his energy. So, yeah. you know, he just is constantly regenerating, basically. And it's kind of hard. But um, anyway, great, big, fun bosses. And the last guy, the the whole thing is Emperor Pete, because of course it is. It's Pete. Why would it be? Um, great game. Uh, there are two sequels yeah. as well. Uh, one of them did get get a mention from one of our Retroids, and the third one uh, came out for the the GBA. I think it was actually originally for the Super Famicom, but we just never got it here for some reason. Isn't that yeah. so weird? There was a game like it's a Mickey and and in the second in the second one you could play as Mickey and Minnie, and in the third one you could play you could play as Mickey and Donald. Like holy crap! Like that is so freaking fun. How come we didn't get that here? Right. Yeah. We didn't for right. some reason until the GBA, the good old GBA. Right. So anyway, great series. All right. Really yeah. Series. Absolutely love that game so much. I mean, that would have been one of my picks, but I knew you were picking it. So uh, I didn't yes. want to make the same. Yeah. We, we, we both played a lot of that game. Oh yeah. So much. Of it. I mean, I, for me, like the, the music is like, yeah, oh, I mean, totally. So, so good. good. And yeah. obviously the, the graphics are like, top-notch capcom so good so amazing. yeah i mean I just it. this was this was still when capcom was in its heyday you know i mean just top tier stuff yeah and those other two games that you know when they added the second player it was two players at once those uh those are really really fun two-player experiences i mean the 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 great circus mystery starring mickey and minnie is the second one and oh my god that game is what easily one of the funnest two player experiences on the it on the is. SNES. It's a really, really fun game. Right. But anyway, just random out of nowhere Mickey Mouse games. So like based on nothing. I don't know. Based on yeah. nothing. It's like Have here, here's, a, here's a kick-ass Mickey Mouse game. Right. Probably like 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 one of the best. Yeah, I think so. In that era. All right. So those were our picks. And now I shall read off some of your picks. And I will start with Roberto Solis, he says Aladdin is top tier. He doesn't he doesn't specify which version. He just says Aladdin, and uh, he says if you if you're counting uh, Kingdom Heart games, he'd pick the pick that one too. Um, and then you, then you have Joshua Nabel says Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion, which is a really good pick. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a ton of Ducktales love in this thread. <laughs> yeah. So freaking good. Um, and Aladdin too. Aladdin's getting like a lot of love. Uh, Zach Schnack, that's his actual name, uh, says, well, Disney owns Star Wars, so Battlefront, LOL. And he says, I- I'd have to go with DuckTales or or Aladdin on Sega. Um, a lot of DuckTales, more, more DuckTales. Uh, okay, so Randy Carter, our good friend, says, there are Disney video games? <laughs> thanks randy thanks randy thanks for chiming thanks in for we love you <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then uh, Jamie Risk says the Lion King. I don't know which version uh, she's picking there. Uh, Stephanie Kerkorian, the uh, the newlywed to hey. uh, our very own eight uh, bit. That's my wife. You're talking that, about. That's, that's right. My that's wife. right. That's right. She picks Mickey Mouse Capage, which is a very deep cut uh, for Nintendo. Such mm-hmm. a good game. Uh, although she did say it was uh, the Super Nintendo, but I had to correct her because I'm a nerd. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. She understands. <laughs> and uh, Tom Morris Jr. says Darkwing Duck, the very first Darkwing Duck pick on this list. Mm. Finally, he gets some love. Love yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Um, Dustin Braga says favorite movie game, probably Tron 2.0, both PC and Xbox versions. Not the best game, but definitely had a had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I'm glad. Game. Tr- I'm really glad Tron got a got like a yeah. mansion. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. of course, of yeah. course. For standalone games, obviously Kingdom Hearts, but something different. I would say Split Seconds. I, I've never heard of it. It's a racing game. Mm. I've never heard of it until he said something. It's not like a. It's not a Disney Disney game. I don't think it's just a racing game that Disney put out. Or they, they published it or something. So I'm not going to like really count that. But hey, if you like racing games, never heard of the game, maybe you should try it out. Um, Rick Johnson says, I think the only one I ever played was Lion King for the Sega Genesis, which I remember being really good. And yeah, great pick. He is not wrong. Both versions are really yeah. good. And that game is, is. freaking hard as Very hell. hard. <clears throat> Holy crap. Uh, Rachel Leiter says Kingdom Hearts for sure. If I had to go retro, Aladdin from the any uh Super Nintendo, which is nice. also a fantastic pick. Yes. Adam Materno says, All right, I may have literally just been it may have literally just been a game with six mini games, but I really enjoyed Adventures in Magic Kingdom for the NES. This is such a deep cut. This I, is I a love, very deep cut. I love that you said I this, love Adam. It. Yes, this is so so, so good. awesome. So he says they. Go ahead. Oh, go, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, he's he says uh, they essentially turn different rides like Space Mountain and Haunted Mansion into different style games, and I thought it was fun, even if it was kind of easy. That was the one that sticks out to me, which is awesome. Yeah, it's definitely one that nobody ever talks about. I remember I remember renting this game, and like having a it's like one of those really solid rents it's like no i don't need to buy this mm-hmm. i don't like it that much but it was a really good rent i really enjoyed it i had a lot of fun with it mm-hmm. it's, the sprites are really great you control this character he just kind of looks like an indiana jones sort of cowboy sort of guy and um yeah it's 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 really fun i would yeah, like to absolutely. play that game again actually yeah absolutely russ lyman who just became a dad last week. Congratulations, Rush. Congrats Rush. to Rush, Rush Lehman. Rush. And Good job, Rush. Lovely wife. Congrats on cloning yourself. Yes. Yes. Good so job. he says, ooh, this is a tough one. So many awesome ones on the NES. DuckTales is great. I really love Darkwing Duck on the Game Boy. Darkwing Duck on the Game Boy finally gets a mention. Um, I beat it in a few days. Also, quick shout out to Lilo and Stitch on the GBA. It's basically a metal slug clone. Yeah, yes, it awesome. is. That game is so good. I've never played it, but I've seen gameplay footage of it, and it looks awesome. It's really good. It really looks yeah. Sprites are amazing. Yeah. It's super fun. Yes. And when you shoot down, you like hover a little bit. It's like really fun to just like 
kind of jump around and shoot shoot enemies from above and kind of float and it had an, has an awesome feel wicked great graphics yeah for sure. is super cool santino mancebo our our good friend our good friend sandman. sandman says he says we'll always love and heavy soft spot for this game because me and my brother would always play and he posted a picture of World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Yeah. Like the, that's like yeah. another one that you don't hear yeah. too much about. It's, For the it's always cast, yeah. it's always yeah. Castle of Illusion. Right. Always. It's always ca- right. Exactly. You're right. Castle of Illusion was just such a such a, an early Genesis game that was a it was an early Genesis licensed game. Like Mickey Mouse gets a game on the Genesis, and it was really interesting, and and people just loved it. But yeah, it sort of eclipsed all the other, all the other Disney games on the on the Genesis. It's like, are there any other ones? It's just Castle of Illusion or something. Like, <laughs> right. like they all right. just became that, and that right, that right. came out for the game Game Gear as well. But oh man, World of Illusion, I think is a much better game. And you could be yeah. Mickey and Donald at the same time. And they were, yeah. there were, there were mechanics in that game where you had to cooperate. Like I remember there were switches you had to do that. Like one guy had to jump on one side. Then the other guy had to jump on the other side, back, forth, back, back, forth, back, forth, like in time in order to get the thing to work, that kind of thing. Or there were like, I, I feel like there were, cause they had like sashes that were their weapons. That was their weapon. They had like this, this, like one had a blue one, one had a red one. And they were just like, I don't know, do a flourish with this big, like cloth sash. And like, I remember you could uh, climb like trees with them or poles or something like that. And I think there were things that you had to do cooperatively like that. Like, I don't know. I, so I'm remembering something like that um, yeah. with, with the sashes around the tree. I don't know. Something like that, but it was cool. It's like, no, you, you need to do this together. It's really, right. really cool. Really right. cool. Really cool. All right. Uh, Jesse Tapia says the little mermaid on the NES finally gets a mention. Uh, also on the Game Boy and even Tiger handheld games. Well, there you go. That's that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Rescue Rangers on the NES and Tailspin on the NES are also good ones, which is I never hear too many people say Tailspin is a good game. <laughs> I, I never cared for it personally, but uh, no, that's yeah, cool. I, I'm glad one, I'm glad cool he to... he likes it. That's that's really cool. Uh, both Aldo and Sean both pick Quackshot, and I love what Aldo said. He says, "While there are a bunch of fantastic games, my choice goes to Quackshot on the Genesis. Aside from being a fantastic, fantastic, a fantastic <laughs> platformer, the game yeah. is filled to the brim with charm and has an excellent soundtrack, which is very true." It's a Genesis exclusive and well worth trying out. Absolutely. Not early, agree more. Yeah, not agree. Early example of like, you have to go back to old levels after you get like new abilities and new gear. Like yeah. you get further in old levels. You'd, you'd run into a place where you couldn't get through a door. You couldn't get to a ledge or something like that. And you could right. fly around and keep going back to old levels. Oh man. Quackshot rules. So good. So good. Eric Mushad says, Mickey in the Great Circus Mystery. All and right, I, I, yeah. And, and I, I, I love, I love what he says here. I love what he says here. He says, "So much fun on the on the SNES playing co-op with my sister." I think that's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. that's su- such a good memory to share too. Yeah. Um, my sister Holly Marie, she goes with Mickey Mouse Capades as well. So that's that's really cool. Nice. Um, I have to agree. That's definitely a, a good one. It's a the deep cut. 
Uh, Jesse Gilbert. This is this is a this is this is a this is a good one. Uh, Donald Duck's Playground. I played it on the Commodore sixty four as a kid. So we got a Commodore sixty four game. Wow, first ever. First ever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know this game. Yeah, I've I've never played it. I like to look it up. Uh, and finally, Lauren Smith, a Bugs Life computer game. Oh, nice! Thanks, very Lord. nice. Great Thank list, you guys. guys. So wow, you guys came that. out in droves. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that that, that was it. that's awesome. You got. You guys that's not even happy. mentioning all the individual Ducktales. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many Ducktales. Like, I didn't like read all of them because I'll just say Ducktales with exclamation points. Like, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DuckTales is huge. Yeah, it's obvious, but yeah, I'm I'm just glad everyone participated. So that's yeah. that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So awesome. for those of cool you beans. who still want to participate, it's your turn to tell us what you think about this week's Octopunter. This, which was, which is basically what is your favorite Disney video game of all time, and you can reach us in our incredible Facebook group or on Twitter at Redoctopus, or you can always email us at Redoctopus at gmail.com. And please, if you like what we're doing, leave us a, a widow widow review or a waiting on our host site. Just <laughs> not so, a wit, not yeah. a little one, a little, little one, just a widow widow one, widow widow one. <laughs> just search Pinecast Retro Redoctopus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just do that. Don't make me so happy. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, we love making Joe so happy. <laughs> uh, Thanks boy. again for your ponderings. And without further ado, we will get back to the show. And now we will play the second block of theme songs slash video games. Like we did in the first block. And uh, we will do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You always seem to want things out. You have to see your two of a time. Looking for a time. Oh, 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 oh
Right, guys we are back and that block was so freaking good tasty. so tasty oh geez the the last track you just heard was the theme song to gargoyles along with the video game and then before that you had darkwing duck 
awesome yes. awesome so show good. awesome yep. theme song and also awesome, awesome video game and uh you heard that music as well and the first the first song you heard was the theme songs to goof troop and it's video game kind of part and goof uh troop. Move up, Bob, move up, yeah. Goof troop, woo. Oh, sorry. Nope. Oh, wrong, wrong oh, almost, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first song you heard, Goof Troop. That goes to uh, Apid Alchemy. So, uh, yes, it does. Alchemy, tell us hey. about your piak. Hey, yeah. So Goof Troop was a show that was just on all the time when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, this was uh, obviously a show featuring Goofy. It featured Goofy and his son, Max. And uh, in kind of a different, you know, turn of, of things for a show concept, it's it's really more of a slice of life show than like kind of any yeah. other show was for Disney. I feel like Disney was always about the adventure and stuff like we were saying. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was all these, you know, little like kind of quests and mysteries and yada yada but with goof troop it was like there there were you know adventures but they were very like normal it was like mm-hmm. you know working out working out differences with your neighbor or uh trying to <laughs> like plan a vacation and and having it go wrong or like you know a camping trip like and, and having like the wackiness of that so it was all just like more normal things um you know the the show uh was not going for the same thing and i i think i really appreciate that a little bit i think later in life i i grew to appreciate um hey arnold a lot more for that and i appreciate that about groove troop now because as a kid i'm like oh it's kind of like the boring show like there's not really any it's not like that exciting um but you know when push comes to shove i i do think goofy is pretty damn funny like in general i i like goofy shorts a lot i, I, I do as well i think he's really funny and he's one of those sticks that just does like never got really that old for me um so i, I like the show quite a bit uh it aired from 92 to 93 and uh, had two seasons and 76 episodes uh there was another short run of episodes that was on saturday morning abc and they did a christmas special as well in 1992 um goof troop sees goofy voiced by bill farmer move back to his hometown of spoonerville Uh, which is a really funny random thing uh so there is there is a reason for why it's called spoonerville oh okay i have no idea what it is it's it's referencing one of the i thought i wrote this down it it's it is referencing like one of the old animators of of uh, goofy from way back in the day whose name was uh, like something spooner uh i i'll have to double check um but yeah so he moves back to spoonerville with his son max who's voiced by dana Mm -hmm. hill uh in a in a coincidence turn of events they they move next door to uh goofy's old high school friend in air quotes uh who is pete we always know pete pete's always you know the positioned as the bad guy is always this you know antagonist character um and pete kind of transcends all these different disney characters sometimes he's a foil for mickey in the video games and a lot of times he's a foil for goofy Uh, Mm -hmm. but pete is done by jim cummings as well in in what i would argue is his most like iconic role i, I mean his he has so goddamn many but yeah jim cummings pete voice is 
really <laughs> fucking crazy. I know. I mean, he he dives to depths of the vocal range that I you yeah. know just wouldn't think he would have. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. So he's he's phenomenal. Uh. And then so yeah. Pete has his wife Peg, uh, who's voiced by April Winchell, their son PJ or Peach, who's uh Rob Paulson, and they have a daughter Pistol, who's done by Nancy Cartwright, aka Bart Simpson. For those of <laughs> her you, her name is Pistol. Her name is Pistol. And oh so all of their yeah, so like they are they are the Pete's um and uh when they move in max meets pj and they become like best friends freaking forever because uh pete is one of those crazy like you know super lockdown dads who's like no you can't play with your toys they're gonna get dirty you gotta save them you gotta sell them someday you gotta like do this that and the other thing and so pj just has like no fun ever all the time yeah everything is just so like militant in business and then max comes in and he's like his dad's fucking goofy so he's never known a rule in his life um you know not like goofy's a bad dad but max is like hey peach you should like you know play with that tank toy because it's a tank toy let's play with it um so yeah they just like they basically become really good friends really fast um and you know a lot of the comedy of the show is kind of just like the differences between how goofy is and how max is more of like a chill son and mm-hmm. just the interactions between all these different characters and it's it's done really well it has it, like i mean not only is the dialogue funny um but it also has a really solid sense of like physical comedy too like that slapstick comedy element that was always present with goofy stuff is still here in full force and like if you were to just overhear the show you would miss so much of the value and the jokes and everything because like Mm -hmm. you know in the first episode goofy's talking to max as they're as he's packing their stuff and he's just he's talking to him about his old town and whatever in spoonerville but as he's doing this he's gathering all of these belongings and putting them in boxes that have no bottom so he's like saying one thing and then you're just seeing him fill these boxes that have no bottom and then he picks up the box with all of the shit just staying on the floor and he walks the box over and stacks it up and is like cool good next box and that's just that's just <laughs> happening you know he's he's not accomplishing anything uh right. and so there's a lot of good you know physical comedy yeah. in the show that yeah. i think is really well done yeah. um and one of the other things i like a lot is the they bring the narrator back from the classic Goofy strips that would be like, ah, here's Goofy. Now what's he trying to do? Ah, right. he's trying to paint his fence today. And right, Goofy would right. just like nod his head or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so the Goof, Goof Troop show does have that element in there once in a while. So like whenever Goofy is reading something or reading an instruction manual, like the narrator voice pops up to kind of, you know, explain to you what he's reading and they get to do these little nods and little references to the classic shorts, which is awesome. It's, it's really cool nod to that and stays really funny. And, and cool. feels, I, I don't remember that. That's, that's really funny. I, I, yeah, I, I, all that. I watched like five episodes and only two of them had like short sections that had that gag, but I thought that was really, really awesome, you mm. know, cause that was yeah. such a goofy centric thing that I didn't yeah. even think about. Um, but that's really neat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's there's fun references and stuff. Uh, PJ has a comic collection of the Toxic Offenders, uh, which mm-hmm. is like you know silly. And um, there's some of the other details I thought were great is that Goofy and Max have a cat named Waffles, while the Pete family has a dog named Chainsaw. <laughs> and what? it's just like a Pomeranian, but it's like <laughs> name is Chainsaw. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> and also, I never appreciated how dumb this is, but maybe you all all already have. But the family names for each family are actually Goof and Pete. So Goofy's full name is Goofer Goofy. G. Goof. <laughs> and <laughs> Pete's name is Peter P. Pete Sr. <laughs> like that's actually it's like Mario it. Mario and Luigi Mario. <laughs> right, ex- right. Exactly right, right. like that. Yeah. So oh, so Pete's family are a lot of them references to old Pete shows. So there was um Peg Pete, his wife, so it's Peg Leg Pete. And then the daughter is Pistol, so that's Pistol Pete. And those oh. were old Pete characters. Oh my god, I never knew that. That's amazing. Yeah, so they oh, did them good. as references, but like it also was just, just so funny to be like his name can we is name Pete? the daughter. Can we just name the daughter name Pistol? pistol? I know Pistol. It's funny because when I was reading oh the Wikipedia and stuff, I was like, man, I don't remember this fucking character named Pistol. <laughs> and then I watched the show and I'm like, wow, I do remember this character, but man, I, did, I just did not remember her name was Pistol. But yeah, very, <laughs> very random and funny. Uh, I I think that this show is honestly great. It still has that, you know, very classic animation of the 90s. It looks really good today. Just, you know, tons of tons of goofy moments and stuff. Very silly, funny show. Uh, but I, I think the comedy lands. I think it's really yeah. good. And um, in, the, in the movie that came out afterwards, I think made it so much extra uh, fame. Uh, the yeah. show spawned two films, which was the theatrical and beloved A Goofy Movie, which is just referenced by millennials constantly on the internet i mean like so many people in their 30s late 20s early 30s like love a goofy movie and i mean i remember really liking it uh and then there was also a direct video sequel an extremely goofy movie which i don't remember seeing but um yeah, yeah. i don't know if i saw that it wasn't extreme enough apparently it wasn't extreme <laughs> enough yeah i guess maybe i was over it you know a goofy movie was enough uh but yeah so i mean that's the show very good Uh, I don't know if I got to. Yeah. So I said two seasons, 76 episodes. This is Mm -hmm. on Disney plus. So that should be no problem to watch. Um, I think if I could just mention one thing, I I think it's interesting that so few shows, especially Disney shows, even bothered to even try to show this, but the show sort of seemed uh, to try to show the difference between like, you know, monetary classes like you know, goofy and max were a lot more poor than the Pete's were right. Blue color, white um, color. Yeah, I mean, like Pete was a, uh, if I recall correctly, he had a used car lot. Yeah, Pete had a used car lot and, and his and... wife Peg was a real estate salesman. Oh, okay. So they, they you know, live next door. So it's not like he had a McMansion next door or anything like that. But but he had he had much more money. He had a Yeah, he had house. a boat. He had, he had a boat that he's oh, always yeah, working he had a boat, on. And... You know, so it's, it's more like, you know, <clears throat> Goofy didn't need all that stuff anyway. Like it's, it's, right. you know, he's making sure he's raising Max a little bit differently. Like what you were saying about how the, oh, you have a tank toy. Let's actually play with it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> let's enjoy stuff. And, you know, it's not all about not just thinking about the value. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just think yeah. that's uh, interesting and very rare for it is. It is rare. And, cartoon. and, and I think that um, 
Pete's wife, Peg, is just one of the best characters. She's so intensely funny because she's always like charming and she's a really strong female character who has an awesome job and definitely makes more money than Pete. But also like her her comedy is really, really solid because she will have these like super high up talky like, oh, okay, yes, we're going to do this. And yes, let's go over here. And then like if any of the kids are misbehaving, she'll just randomly like cut the bullshit halfway through a sentence and have like a super angry mom like yelling voice and then go right back to like the high pitch like oh you know and so that comedy is very good she she honestly is a super funny character so i didn't know that april winchell was the one who voiced peg but she is the daughter of paul winchell who is the guy who voiced tigger for all the years up through the uh mid 80s about and he did lots of other stuff too but he he voiced tigger neat yeah. yeah, well, I mean, hey, both amazing voice actors, but uh, yeah, Peg is Peg's really good. So yeah, all, all around a uh, fun show, good, good, different take for Disney uh, and a good way to use the goofy characters. Um, yeah. Definitely solid. So um, to move on to the video game, Goof Troop for the Super Nintendo uh, is an action-adventure co-op puzzle game. What a mouthful. By Capcom, released in 1993 for the Super Nintendo. It can be played with one or two people. Most notably, you want to play this with two people because there just really weren't a lot of games like this that you could play two people. Uh, One person controls Goofy, the other controls Max. And basically, these pirates have come and have, you know, taken this uh the, the the story goes that they were fishing in spoonerville and goofy and max go out to the sea and while fishing they see this huge pirate ship heading straight towards spoonerville with uh pete and pj looking like they were they've been kidnapped and mm-hmm. so goofy tries to catch up with the ship but doesn't succeed and uh they have to you know pursue it and and they land on this island of pirates and that's the whole game um but if you can kind of picture what the classic legend of zelda looks like where it's kind of like this top-down adventure uh picture that and each screen of the game you can move up down left or right and the screen will scroll and you're each room for the most part has puzzles that you're trying to solve sometimes you have to kill all the enemies sometimes you have to slide blocks onto certain switches or certain platforms um there's all kinds of different hazards there's bottomless pits there's moving platforms there's uh fruit to collect there's gems to collect uh and you're basically trying to just get to the end of the stage and fight the boss um Each character can pick up an item that they can hold in their inventory, like a hook gun that they can use to pick up items from far away or create a one-time rope bridge. Or there's also um, a candle. There's a bell that can distract enemies. There is a key that you might need to open up certain gates. So... it's very sweet max it's a very sweet home yeah there's a lot of lot of you know item management but both characters (laughs) can have one item that they have in their inventory and then they can also pick up and hold an item above their head so those are usually like a barrel or a box or something that you're going to throw at an enemy to try and defeat them or to flip a switch from across the the screen uh it is a really fun game it is hard Mm -hmm. to describe it in the best possible way Look up gameplay video, um, and if you can, try to find someone to play this with. It is a lot of so fun. fun. It is a very cooperative puzzle game. There are ways to you know mess around with each other. If you throw uh, a barrel at each other, you'll daze them, and they'll kind of get stuck, but you won't take any damage. Yeah, a little um, Chippendale action. Yeah, a little Chippendaleness yeah. there. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's just 
it's different. It's not terribly long. There's only five stages, so you don't have to worry about it taking you all day. Uh, the video that I watched looked like they were able to play through the game in about an hour, hour and a half. Not a super long game. Uh, there's, um, there's also you know, just like some, some fun different designs. Like you see a lot of different, you know, goofy type uh, characters, like, you know, they, they, that could have been in the show or not or whatever, but ultimately you're just getting like these different pirates, the different enemies and seeing these different designs. I like, there's this one character who always wears a straw hat and you can't see his face, but he's just like, he like tells you how to, how to do different stuff. He's like the tutorial. Um, and it's got a nice like upbeat soundtrack it's it's very fun and and you know kind of tropical feeling high energy keeps Mm -hmm. the fun going it's it's a very good game um the one thing i will leave you off with is that goof troop is actually one of the very first games developed by shinji mikami the creative who would go on to be renowned for his work in creating the resident evil series wow Wow, that's insane had no idea Yep. Pretty Item management. Wild. Yep. Sure. Yep. Nice. You know, if 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 wow. nothing else. But yeah, so very cool game. Great game. Awesome. I love this. Yeah. This is a sleeper game that nobody again, nobody gave a crap about. I loved it. We owned it. I uh I love this game. Yeah. Definitely a lot of fun. Yep. Very, very fun. Good. Great pick. Very fun. Nice. I'm really glad you picked Goof Troop. I really am. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. I was no glad. I was... Even even the show itself like didn't really get that much love. True. Yeah. From from yeah. from what I've heard, anyways, is it's it's always it's always Ducktales or Chippendale, God World or whatever, yep. but never Goof Troop. Yeah, Goof Troop yep. came right after Darkwing Duck. Yeah, and it just feels like wow, Darkwing was so huge, and the next one was Goof Troop, and it just I, it was so different. You know, like you said, it's a slice of life show. Mm-hmm. It's like a sitcom. It's just it's so completely different from every single one of the Disney afternoon shows and the other Disney shows that didn't make it to the Disney afternoon. Like we're saying little mermaid or whatever like that. Like that was also an yeah. action adventure show. Like this was so, so different, but you couldn't, you couldn't do goofy in that way. That wouldn't make any right. sense. No. So, right. you know, I mean, they did a great job creating this world for him and this, uh, yeah, I, it was, it was exactly. a good show. Exactly. Totally. Awesome. Awesome pick. Yeah. Parasite Steve. Yes. All right. Well, I think it's time to uh, get a little dangerous. My pick is Darkwing Duck, as you uh, already know. And uh, the show is a uh, a hit, uh, a big hit for Disney. Uh, It ran for three seasons, 91 episodes, debuted December 91. Um, So it's actually older than I always think it is. It's like so crazy. Um, the premise is Darkwing tells the adventures of the titular superhero who is styled after like 30s pulp radio characters, like question mark. It's the weirdest freaking thing. Yeah. Um, he's actually, uh, you know, he, he's got, he's got this like gas gun, flashy introductions where he's you know talking about himself all the time he's got like you know such an ego and uh these are things that are all reminiscent of pulp heroes and golden age superheroes such as the shadow doc savage batman of course and uh the green hornet as well as the lone ranger and zorro he's like kind of just a just an amalgam of all these like similar 
characters from the from literally the radio pulps of the 30s it's the weirdest thing uh and also the fictional city of saint canard where he lives and uh, works is a direct parody of gotham city canard being the french word for duck um so basically we have a a superhero who looks like the shadow and uh his uh secret identity is drake mallard which is a parody of kent allard the alter ego of the shadow learned that today hmm. he lives in an unassuming suburban house with his adopted daughter Gosselin. So again, they're, they're trying some different stuff. Like he adopted this daughter. That's really different. Like we're dealing with adoption now and that's great, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, so uh really fun superhero show again you know you have this cast of of villains this rogues gallery that you know you know shows up on uh, everybody's got their couple of favorites and honestly they did did a great job coming up with villains for for this show it really was a great show this was awesome so fun Mm. really so fun this is really like a very very beloved show for me i loved it so freaking much i used to draw darkwing duck all the all the time time. yeah oh my god i got pretty good at it too i I could really i could really do a decent darkwing anyway i really got good at that bill that specific bill that he's got but um anyway so obviously uh it also stars the character launchpad mcquack and uh he was of course from ducktales so leading all many me uh, other people, I'm sure, to believe that it was a spinoff of DuckTales or a sequel show of DuckTales. But, you know, you never saw any of the other main characters. Later, you saw Gizmo Duck. He he would be in a few episodes for sure. But other than Launchpad and Gizmo Duck, there was really not really anybody. Although a few villains made a cameo appearance in this one episode, but like like Magica and Beagle Boys and stuff. But other than that, like nobody. You never saw Scrooge McDuck or anything like that. Um, they mentioned Duckburg. I remember that. I remember that happening. Um, yeah. But according to uh, what's the guy's name? Tad Stones, who was one of the creators. These No, he was the ser- series creator. Uh, Tim, you, you mentioned this guy earlier. Yeah. He did work on a bunch of shows. Um, he said in a 2016 report that he believes that the two shows exist in different universes and are, are not actually linked. Uh which I say, uh, if you say so, pal. But um, he says it was originally envisioned. This is this I also just learned uh, as a James Bond parody. Instead of going the shadow direction, they were going to do James Bond, um, specifically because um, Michael Eisner, who is the CEO of Disney at the time, liked this one episode of Ducktales, which was called Double O Duck. And in that episode, Launchpad uh, gets mistaken for this James Bond parody super spy character. His name was Bruno something. I I can't remember his name, but uh, he had like black hair and he had the chin. He looked just like him. And so they're like, oh, you can uh, you can go undercover for us and they'll think you're Bruno. And so anyway, he does this spy episode and it's just this very high concept DuckTales episode. Really cool. And it was called Double O Duck. And so Michael Eisner was like, oh, I really like this episode. Let's do a whole show called Double O Duck. Maybe it's with uh, Launchpad or maybe it's with the original, the Bruno guy, or maybe it's with a new character. But let's just like use that as a jumping off point. And uh, so they were actually going to do that. It was that was the original plan. And um, it turns out that um, whoever owns like the 
James Bond estate, they own the rights to the term double O. So they couldn't actually really? use double O duck, even though they had previously named the episode double O duck of DuckTales, but apparently they weren't able to secure it for the show. So they just dropped it. It wasn't worth it. Um, and then they came up with something different and eventually it became Darkwing Duck. So um, anyway, it's a little, uh, little trivia. Yeah, um, I just, yeah, I think it's a pretty well-known show. I don't need to say too much more. He did make a appearance, many memorable appearances in the new DuckTales show, and he's supposedly getting his own Darkwing Duck spinoff show. I don't know if it's going to have the same drawings as that DuckTales show. They still haven't like really shown us any artwork, and I'm kind of nervous because I, I want it to look like that DuckTales show and just be part of it because um, I love that so much. But not sure, but I'm happy that you know more Darkwing is on the way. Very cool. So Darkwing actually got uh, a few video games, much like Bonkers. Um, he uh, There was a uh, Let's see. I'm, I'll do the good one last. So he, there's a really shitty Darkwing Duck game. Oh boy, it's a it's in a really oh. funny episode of the uh, <laughs> the Angry Video Game Nerd. Um, it's for tur- the Turbo Graphics 16 was released in 1992. Wow, this game is terrible. It's got like a few like really good graphics and like the various like splash screens and like level select. The level select screen's great. It's like got a bunch yeah. of his villains on a table. They're all like Polaroids and, and he's a, uh, there's, you control like a hand holding a magnifying glass and that's yeah, how you yeah. select which villain you want to go try to fight. And that's how you do the level select. It's really, really, really cool. It's like very novel, but um, you know, other than that, almost it kind of, it's like Ninja Gaiden and the game over screen is like the best part. Like you were right, saying. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, there was actually a Darkwing Duck mobile game that came out in 2010. That's Sprite based. And it actually looks kind of similar to the best, ver- the best Darkwing Duck game, which is my pick. Um, I, I don't know if there's any way to play that, but uh, there are sprites, uh, on the spreaders resource. So I saw them and they look pretty cool. Um, 2010. I don't know who know. Like it's so weird. Anyway, Darkwing duck, the real, the real one, the real one, the good one. Uh, the one I just played through the entire game up into the last level before I ran out of time and had to come upstairs to podcast is uh, for the original Nintendo. And of course it's by Capcom because, because of course it is because they did all the Disney games and they're all amazing. Like all the all the freaking amazing Disney games for the Nintendo and Super Nintendo, they're yep. all by Capcom. So anyway, this is absolutely god tier, along with uh, maybe it's uh, maybe demigod tier. It's it's not quite as good as Ducktales or Chippendale. I think it's right below it. It is very close. Um, the controls are a little loose. They're not quite as good. Um, and I really think that that's just about the only complaint that I have because, like Ducktales and Chippendale, this game they they all do their own mechanics that they tried to come up with something unique for that game, like Scrooge's pogo jump and the way that, you know, Chip and Dale interact with objects. Like you were saying, Mm. you know, picking up boxes and hiding in the boxes and playing cash. This game has a bunch of stuff as well. And um, lots of like platforming by hanging, you know, lots of hanging on various background elements and also underneath platforms, tons of that. Um, also, uh, he can like kind of the most novel thing is, uh, a lot of the enemies take a decent amount of hits. Some of them take like, like six hits, just a normal enemy. Like, yeah. Wow. 
It's counted yeah. a lot. And it's even kind of more when they have cycles that you got to wait through and they got to like, they'll wait and they'll be invincible and they'll be like covering up and then they'll expose themselves when they shoot kind of like sniper Joe in a Mega Man game. And in fact, this does feel like a, a kind of like a Mega Man game. Yeah. It's not as good as a Mega Man game, but it is, it is similar and it is a good game for sure. But um, anyway, kind of a novel thing where you, if you, if you hold down up, hold up, he just kind of Darkwing just kind of raises his cape and uh, it's actually, he uses it like a shield and it can deflect bullets and knives and small projectiles. And yep. um, so it, it really is like, you don't have to use it at all. It's up to you. It's not going to work on bosses. I don't think, but like it, uh, you know, it's, it's handy with certain enemies that, you know, like, like I said, they take a bunch of hits and they go through these cycles, these sniper Joe types. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's kind of neat. Um, yeah. overall, just a really fun game. Lots of things in the levels for you to interact with. Uh, one level has like, you know, balloons to blow up. You got to jump on the, like this, this button three times and it fills up a like, like a, a pump or something. Time. A little pump. Yeah. And yeah. then, then the balloon flies and you have to hold on to it and it, and you know, it takes you over this chasm and uh, another, another couple levels have like, you know, things to pull down and either a chain will drop or a, a steel girder will drop for you to jump on and makes a platform. Lots of like interactions with the environment. And there's also split pathways. So not all the time, but there are levels that have, that, that do have them. And yeah. uh, it's, it's really fun. You know I mean? Like sometimes it's like, Oh, well, if you go up there, then there's a free guy up there. You know, it's nothing like crazy. There's no upgrades or anything. Um, though he does have some upgrades to his shot that are just temporary upgrades. So he he just shoots bullets. There's supposed to be little balls of smoke because of course he does have the smoke gun, but yeah. you know, he doesn't really use it like this in the show. But for the purposes of a video game, it works. He's just shooting projectiles. And so uh, that's your, your main weapon. You can't really do anything. You can't like charge it up or anything, which I wish you could because this is the hmm. perfect perfect type of a thing to charge up it's like you know it should be a bigger ball of gas like he holds down the button and you like mega man only it's a big gas it's a big fart that just travels <laughs> slowly across the screen poot. big poot you big projectile poot but um sadly you can't do that but you can get uh three types of additional gas and uh they don't affect your normal shot but if you press select you can um you can switch to them and those have limited ammunition, but you can get gas canisters as uh, just items. Well, lots of, lots of enemies drop various items. You're constantly getting like health power-ups too. Uh, you, it's, it's a four hit and you're dead scenario. Uh, mm -hmm. Four hits and you're dead, but you know, Hey, lots of, lots of health power-ups, but yeah, anyway, so you get the gas power-ups too. And so one of them is the heavy gas and shoots a big, big old fart and it drops down to the ground and it sends two little farts uh, going either directions along the ground in both directions. And then there is the electric gas or the thunder gas um, yep. and it shoots two little, <laughs> just, it's not really gas. It's just not gas. It's just not gas. That's not how gas it's is. Just, it's just <laughs> shooting electricity. He just shoots lightning bolts and he shoots them in like uh, two different directions at once. And neither of them in front of you. So you have to, you know, 
it's 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 useful for certain things you know it's definitely cool and the best one by far is the arrow gas and it makes a plunger arrow just like in quack shot it's gotta be a reference it's yeah. gotta be a reference to quack shot has to be because that's what donald duck had as his primary weapon in that game and it's so weird that they chose to give him a plunger gun what the hell where did that come from right. anyway so you can get a plunger dart but it's made of gas supposedly i guess um and yeah it becomes a pat uh, becomes a a, a little platform like you know you can you can grapple on the bottom of it and like jump on top of it and you know sometimes that's the only way that you're going to be able to get certain secret like one-ups and and stuff like that anyway it's got tons of bosses from the game i mean from the from the show really fun boss battles some of them are pretty hard i think actually bush root the plant guy is like a pretty challenging boss battle honestly yeah. like it, it's it's pretty hard um, I died at him like three, four times, uh, just this playthrough. I was like, wow, I suck. I also died at uh, <laughs> Moliarty a bunch of times. Actually, that was the only level that I died and had to redo was uh, because I died like four times at Moliarty and had to redo it. And then I did it on my without dying. But um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's not as easy as like DuckTales or something like that. Great right. game. Love it. Definitely one of my favorite NES games, along with the other ones, of course. Yeah, but it's up there. Agreed. It's definitely up there. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. has some really great, like, uh, really great, just graphic of Darkwing Duck in the opening story too. Just in the when they're playing the music. Oh man, this this, this huge full screen graphic of his face, and it's just so well done. It's it's like so I remember being so blown away as a kid. I'm like, my God, look at that graphic. Yep. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Yeah, nice, good stuff. Yeah, love that. Yeah, very good stuff. Uh, missed opportunity for the game though. Gonna have a an auto, uh, auto scrolling uh, uh, dude light level. With I mean, set. honestly, it should have been on the the rat catcher, the motorcycle, because yeah. he rides it. Or that they they, too. they yeah. put that in the game, so they put both in the game. So, oh yeah, I guess I I could mention just really quick. It, there's a stage select, which I love when there's a stage select. Yes. You have three levels, and then when you beat those three, th the three harder ones come up. Um, and so he just uses the Thunderquack jet to get to those levels. So it's just not in it much. But every time that you beat a level, it actually shows him like zipping by on the rat catcher, the, um, the motorcycle. And then your score comes up and, you know, it says like, congratulations or whatever it says. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there, there could be one level each easy. Yeah. And you know, yeah. the perfect time would be like, how about after you clear the, the first three levels, then you have to do that auto scroller level. And then it right. brings you to the second three. Like that would right. be just so perfect. Right. I mean, it could have been a bonus level. Right. Yeah, or 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 a secret bonus level or something. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that would be really fun. Yeah, like the, the bonus level in, in DuckTales that you could like, you know, miss after playing the game a hundred times. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That is that is a real missed opportunity. It's that's a bummer. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So uh the final pick is gargoyles. And uh I have to say that is is by far my favorite yes. Disney show of all time. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. It Big is time. so good. It is so non 
Disney. Mm-hmm. It's like it's so dark. I just I love it. And it uh it had three seasons with 78 episodes. Now I I think we didn't get season three or we got some of season three. Was and that they the just canceled it? Goliath Chronic- Chronicles? Chronicles, yeah, yeah. I could be re- remembering wrong. But I don't remember too much about season three. Yeah, we didn't the- we didn't get the Goliath Chronicles. That was like it, it changed it changed stations or something, and we didn't. Yeah, but right, I know that's right. like the you know the, the creator guy Greg Wiseman. He's like, yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, you're not supposed just, to even. Yeah, they did, they just like just went in a thing. totally different direction. Yeah, that with that season. Um, but anyways, uh, the show. Uh, was voiced by Keith David, who plays Goliath. Uh, Sally Richardson, who plays as um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Lisa. Lisa, thank you. Uh, brain fart. Uh, Jeff Bennett. Uh, Bill Fat Fagerbake. Fagerbake. <laughs> Fagerbacky. Fagerbacky. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Star. <laughs> Patrick Star. <laughs> yep, that's that is he. Yep. Uh, Frank Weller, Bridget Baco, uh, Marina Surtees, who plays Deanna Troy uh, in, in uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Jonathan Franks, who plays uh, 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 Will. Will and, Riker. Uh, Will, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Franks. Yeah, just so many Star Trek The Next Generation so actors many. did this show. So weird. Yeah, really? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, you have Brett Spiner was like a was on an episode pop- or something. LeVar He's Burton a- was on a show. Yeah. Like, holy yeah. crap. Like, I think LeVar Burton was only in one, but Brett Spiner was Puck in at least like three. Yeah. He was, yes. a, he was a recurring character. He kept showing yeah. up. Yeah, he was. Um, So the, the premise of the show is you know, these gargoyles. You no, know, they, they were sworn to protect the, the, these humans uh, in Scotland. I forget which, um, uh, it feels like, like a twelfth century or something. Yeah, they're like in in the year nine ninety four. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah. So I guess th- these guys, uh, the gargoyles, were were betrayed and uh, like like they almost became extinct. And uh, there was this, this spell that put them to sleep for a thousand years. So they're, they're like basically stone for like a thousand years. And uh, then in, in nineteen ninety four, ironically, when the show came out. Uh, David Xanatos, who is voiced by Jonathan Franks, uh, purchased the the castle that the gargoyles were protecting, and uh, he re- reconstructed it and he put it on top of a New York New, uh, New York skyscraper, and uh, such an and interesting visual. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, the look, the look of that castle and how it sticks out, and they had to build all this extra like you know, support structure to support the damn castle. Right, right. So weird. It's so very, good. Very, very um, iconic looking. Yeah. So they 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 meet Elisa Maza, who's a mm-hmm. a a a policewoman mm-hmm. or detective. And uh she uh offers them uh a place to stay at the station, which is the clock tower, which is the very top of the station. And they've been there throughout the entire run of the show. Mm-hmm. And um, which is really cool. And uh this is such a good show. Like, like some of my favorite ones is um The Edge, which is in season one, I think it was episode five. Um 
is when, when you get to see that the red uh goliath robot which oh is really, yeah which is really just like a suit of armor the, for presantos yeah. right so the steel clan and they ass. did they did reveal so NECA did reveal the steel clan uh <sighs> figures so they obviously obviously we're gonna get the red version we better get because the red. i, I, well, I mean it's just one. of course i mean it's just it's just a a paint job i mean whatever but the steel clan figures look amazing yeah oh my god, oh my god. so oh my freaking god. good so good oh man so i i watched that episode because of that so and uh the the next the next one i watch is probably like my favorite favorite episode of the show and that is future tense yes um it is incredibly dark yeah like so dark for a disney show like yeah. the show is already dark enough as this this is just took a like which is why it failed darkness. it was too dark for yeah, what it was, it was. Too like serious for yeah the, it's like for who is this for and the parents were on. complaining yeah yeah it's crazy it's perfect for us <laughs> we yeah. love it yeah right yeah, you know, you had Broadway, who was the uh, the the green gargoyle, who was like really plump. Mm-hmm. Uh, like his eyes were gone, which is oh, like he was blind, right? Like totally blind. It's like he's like his eyes are like black, like just right. Just like they need to think of like 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 putting something over his eyes. No, they're like <laughs> fucking no. He has nothing there. Which is <laughs> it's so after crazy. school. It's time to look at empty sockets. Right. Which is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Lexington became a cyborg. Yeah, he was evil. Yeah, he became evil. Uh, uh, Bronx. And, no, I'm sorry. Hudson ended up dying. Dead, right? Yeah, I mean, they all end up dying eventually later yeah. on in the episode. Spoiler alert. Um, and my favorite, Brooklyn, had like he had become the leader in the yes. absence of of Goliath, and he was so badass. And so he, uh, he he had like this really cool costume with this one shoulder pad, and apparently the new Gargoyles cartoon series, uh, no comic series that just started. I think it's only got a few issues out, um, but it's done by Greg Wiseman. It's supposed to be totally canon. Um, that is what Brooklyn looks like in in the new series. He's oh, he actually awesome. is using his future tense outfit. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like this Wicked. is so awesome. Yeah, so good. And uh, Demona, who becomes mm-hmm. a good guy. What what a friggin' interesting character arc for Demona. Oh my god. Oh yeah. What an interesting character overall. Right. I mean, a lot of them are like really interesting on the show. I yeah. Feel. I mean, not yeah. all of them are, are awesome, but yeah. But you know, find whatever. out she was alive really for all those thousand years that they were just sleeping in stone. She was alive. She had a. A magic spell put over her and she 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 is not the person that she was a thousand years ago nobody right. would be right uh right. very interesting but yeah right right great and, uh, characters in that show yeah one of my my favorite scenes on the, on this episode was the fight between alexander and xantos alexander is xantos's son mm-hmm. and they're in this virtual world place um created by Le- lexington because we didn't know that at the time um oh, the animation it was just, it was mm. like watching an anime it was just so good like yep. everything was fluid and it was like a lot of like it was just so good it was like so so much like like electricity so much uh uh 
I can't describe it. It's just really good. You have to watch it. It's yeah, so and, freaking good. And that episode, Future Ten specifically, like when I was talking about the different studios working on the shows, and you you have your your one that's like your favorite. It's like, oh, we brought the money in, and this episode looks amazing. Yeah, that was that studio. Whatever, whatever the like, you know, like I yeah. said, the first episode of Bonkers was like so much better than the second one. It's like, yeah, no, that was that. That's like that had the same mm-hmm. budget, same production values as the first five episodes, which was really the pilot of the show. And they just pull, pulled out all the stops and they're like, yeah, these five episodes are going to look like almost movie quality. And, you know, then, of course, the show is going to dip a bit. But course, um, yeah. holy, holy crap. The future tense brought it back. And there were other episodes that did too, but yeah, um, that was just one of them for this sure. This is just my favorite Amazing. one. Something about dystopian stuff. Just yeah, really... that's that was my favorite episode. I mean, absolutely. I mean, personally, I never want anything dystopian to happen in in, in real life. But... <laughs> we're there, dude. We're there. <laughs> we're there, man. But we're there. We're there. <laughs> yeah, basically there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, this show is just awesome. It's my favorite. I I love Goliath. He's like he's a badass leader. Yes. Um. I, I love I love Brooklyn. I think he's probably my favorite mm. out of all of them. Um, Hudson is super wise and just he's also a badass. Bronx kinda, is like I, I want grumpy. I want Bronx as a pet. I really do. <laughs> I fucking want. I know Bronx. he's so cool. He's rad as fuck, dude. I I I need him. I yeah. need him in my life. <laughs> so, anyways, that's the show. Yeah, great show. Such a good show. I absolutely love it. And uh, the video game kind of counterpart, unfortunately, um, is not that good. It looks fantastic for sure. Yeah. It, lo- it looks amazing, mm-hmm. and the animation is awesome. But the oh music is the, the music is just atrocious. The gameplay, the game plays okay. The yeah. level design is terrible. Terrible, yeah, and it, it just mm-hmm. gets repetitive. Oh yeah. so repetitive it's It's like i feel like the levels are too long yeah yeah you just you just seeing the same things over and over in the level and you're like ah i've been at this for 10 minutes how is this level not over and then you get to the next (laughs) level and it's like everything's the same everything's the same it's like oh awesome thanks guys and there like aren't any other characters in the game from the show besides just demona who's the final boss yeah she's other than the boss other than that, it's just Goliath and uh, nobody else. And he's gray. Why is he gray? Yeah. Yeah. Like totally he's weird. the wrong color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I screwed up. Like, but yeah, I mean, the, the double jump is like so incredible. He, they do, he does like a flap of his wings to get a double jump. And it's like such a good animation. Yeah. It, it's so, it's so well animated. Yeah. I mean, my God. Yeah. It looks great, sure. but oh. Um, also, uh, also, I I really like the cutscenes a lot, like in between levels. Yeah. I want, want, want once you get through all thirty minutes of one uh, ep- uh levels. <laughs> uh, is, this is. Oh my god. But yeah. Did you I ever? Mean, other, did you ever play that, through this? What's that? Did you ever play through this? Game? No. Oh god, I couldn't. No. <laughs> I think I, I, I did like one halfway. I think I stopped after the first level. I'm like, eh. I See, like I did, but it was, it was a grueling experience. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, fun it wasn't fun. I forced all. myself. And at that time I didn't know that Demona was the last guy. I'm like, I really just want to see what else is in this game because I had rented it and it, 
I had only played the first level. I never got past the castle. And just one day I'm yeah. like, I, I wonder what else is in this game. You know, like why, why am I, I, I never gave this game the time of day. It's like, Oh, because it's not fun at all. Uh, well, <laughs> right. uh, well, Oh, well, I was just still going to try, but yeah. eventually I, I went through and did it with save and load um, yeah. On, yeah. on emulation. But it, uh, you know, I was really, really, really freaking happy when Demona flew on screen and was the final boss. And she looks amazing too. Oh yeah, for sure. So to me, that was, that was worth it. Finally throw you a bone. It's like, okay. Right. Like something else related to the show in here. Yeah. Right. Like even like with the original DuckTales game, like, you know, you're just Scrooge, but I mean, they throw like the nephews as cameo characters throughout you know, <clears throat> certain levels and Webby yeah. is the same. And then Launchpad's purpose is he can fly you back and you can find him in levels. And, you know, there are other characters that they throw in. They do the same thing with, with Quackshot for the Genesis that we we're talking about. Same sort of thing. Like, like a lot of DuckTales characters are actually in that game, but not Scrooge. Um, but it's not a DuckTales game, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it would have been very easy to have like a level where one of the, one of the gargoyles needs to be rescued. And then another one where, you know, he's, you start the level and, and Broadway's like, Goliath, go over there. And, you know, he's just pointing and, you know, you just see him at least like, come on, like yeah, something, something. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, weird. really it's like unfortunate. They just didn't want to put gargoyle stuff in their gargoyles game. Seriously, and it's like, the only. What are you waiting for? Only one. <laughs> I know it's, it's the only game for Gargoyles. Yeah. This is that that one for the Sega Genesis. So was there was supposed to be a Super Nintendo version, but they canceled it. Right, right. Which yeah, is probably for the best. Maybe yeah, unless they unless they made like a, a totally different Gargoyles game. Yeah. Which they did a lot back in those days. You would have the Super Nintendo would be 100% different from the Genesis. Yeah. In the case same, of Bonkers, that's a different game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally different. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome show, crappy game, but still worth a mention. And hey, you know, we we were able to pick six shows that had games. So there you go. <laughs> that's true, right? There you go. Which is the whole point of this six, episode. That's right. <laughs> Double dip in Disney afternoon. See, more facts again on the show. (laughs) That was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. All right. So now it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, goodbye, Goodbye. let's go to this. If you're looking to score, you better listen to those that came before. Just sit right down and whip out your sheet music. Because it's time to compose your scene. Greetings, Retroids. It is I, 8-Bit Alchemy, here with another episode, first of this season, for Compose Yourself. Oh, oh so compose. Nice. I will be talking about the composer for the game Goof Troop, which I had spoken about earlier in the episode, as you know. Uh, the game was made by Capcom, and the soundtrack was handled by Yuki Iwai. Yuki Iwai is a video game music composer uh, and former employee of Capcom, known for her work on Mega Man and the variety of Street Fighter and Marvel versus fighting game series. Um, She has a pretty long recognizable uh, credits list, including her very first 
work being Gargoyles Quest 2 as the sound composer. Oh, I uh, game. Fantastic game. Often not talked about. We could have a Firebrand episode maybe sometime. Yeah. Um, Firebrand's our brand. There you go. Uh, she yep. also worked on uh, Final Fight 2, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Goof Troop, uh, Aladdin for the Super Nintendo, which is funny. Not the Aladdin game that I had talked about this episode, but nonetheless a very beloved Aladdin game. Although I feel mm-hmm. like most people love the Genesis one. That's one of those yeah, games I that th- for some reason, like yeah. Genesis one is what mm-hmm. I was talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Genesis one had uh, like the sprites where I remember where, where they used like actual Disney animators to help them animate those sprites, mm-hmm. something like that. They they, yeah. they made a big deal out of yeah, it. Yeah, it was a huge. And it it deal. was. It's a beautiful game. I just yeah. They're both good, yeah. but yeah, bo- both really solid. But so Yuki Iwai worked on Aladdin for the Super Nintendo. She worked on Mega Man X as a music composer and Mega Man yeah. X2, although oh, not credited in game. Uh, Marvel Super Heroes, Mega Man 2, The Power Fighters, X Men versus Street Fighter, Street Fighter 3, The New Generation, uh, Marvel Super Heroes versus Street Fighter, uh, and Pocket Fighter for the arcade which oh my god uh, this lady's amazing she she is definitely a a huge powerhouse of the capcom sound team at the time and i think the way that a lot of these projects worked with capcom is that they had you know a team of people that was contributing so she was probably one of maybe like five or six musicians that were contributing uh to to all these various different ones it's hard to know if any of them were like entirely her but regardless uh very very noteworthy rap sheet here um and then uh, actually the latest credits that I could find was she worked on Project Justice, which is a sequel to Rival Schools uh, fighting game that was on the Dreamcast and also a arcade version of Street Fighter Alpha 3. Hmm. Cool. So she is very well known and yet... I mean, not a name that is recognized, uh, certainly not even by myself, uh, but nonetheless, her music is absolutely everywhere. And like I said, um, the Goof Troop soundtrack is very positive, very uplifting and fun, uh, just has a great sense of energy. And uh, I felt like having it in the game made you just kind of in a good mood. You know, it just kind of puts mm-hmm. you in a good mood, and and it's really, uh, really fun. Uh, Yuki Y left Capcom and eventually would form the sound unit Wavelength Zeal with her husband. She has been involved with such titles as R Type Final, Musashi Samurai Legend, uh, and R Type Tactics. Um, in 2007, the group was divided uh, when one of them left to join another developer, Crafts and Meister, with Yuki handling all the music and composition duties. By 2013, Wavelength Zeal was officially closed, uh, though they do have a new company. Um, also, she has a brother, and uh, her brother is noteworthy for having played the tenor saxophone uh, in the 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 arrangement version of Zangief's theme for Street Fighter in the Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter game. How the internet has this information, I don't goddamn know. What? But needless to say, people know, and they know that her brother, and they know what he did last summer, and it involved playing the tenor saxophone for the Who is your brother, and what does he do? Oh, he did this. So, uh, yeah, you know, compose yourself and go listen to some Yuki Iwai music. I have to highly recommend the soundtracks for Mega Man X and Mega Man X2. If for some oh, reason yeah. you've never played or heard those, uh, 
absolutely awesome. And uh, none of the songs stand out, but I know that the X-Men vs. Street Fighter and the Marvel superheroes vs. Street Fighter games had really awesome music, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Just, just definitely, like, proto, like, rock <laughs> MIDI jams. Good, good shit. Uh, but, yeah, right. that'll do it for this episode of Compose Yourself. Hell nice. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for that, dude. Good one. No problem. Sound good. Sound good. So do we have any proms this week? I think we're just too tired. Mm, uh, who's who's got the energy to prome? I mean, eight bit eight bit did this whole episode with with COVID. The whole the whole episode. I did. Right. I had to mute myself a few times so I could cough my brains out. But yeah, um, that that was me. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> that is, was this me. is the commitment, everyone. This is so this, this is, means a lot. Yes, and this is yeah. the first episode officially uh, with you as a married man. First, yeah, it is. first episode. Yes. Yeah. I am a married spud. I'm a married spud. <laughs> You're a married spud. spud. You're a married, I'm a married spud. spud. I'm a married spud. Uh, yeah. Yes, indeedy. Yeah. So I had uh, just gotten married last weekend uh, yeah. as of recording this. So pretty cool. Very exciting and uh, and all that. But yeah, oh, so we were excited as well. I mean, you don't make it all about you. We were also excited. Okay. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> You know, it's let's not, not just about let's not ever be confused <laughs> if it's about you or not. Um, yeah, it was good stuff. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything to promote this week. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's cool. You know, now we can wrap it. We this uh, this went a little bit longer than planned, but that was really fun. Disney yeah. afternoon shows and corresponding games. What a great idea, Joe. Good job. Absolutely. I like this Thank one. you. I'm surprised we haven't nice done work. it yet. Yeah, same. I know. <laughs> I know, so, like five totally. seasons in, like we've never talked about Disney at all. <laughs> I know. Sometimes it feels like there's nothing left and we have no ideas. And then other times it's like, oh my God. How, we haven't talked Why haven't that? we done we'll this? It yeah. doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yep. uh, for sure. But good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome times. Awesome times. All right. That wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter. As well as being part of the NBR Podcast Network, Retro Doctopus is still a full-fledged member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. We've been with them for quite a while now. So if you get a chance, please check out some of our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers, Let's Not with Michelle and Sam, and the newly added The Weekend Warp Pipe with Russ Lyman. With new dad, Rusty Man. Yeah. yeah, New dad, Rusty Man. And uh, NES Addict. You guys should check them out. They 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 also have a, a YouTube channel called Weekend. Uh, what pipe and you guys should check it out Press ice Steve was a guest on, on an episode last year it happens uh, yeah so uh, yes, we talked about board games it was very fun it was so fun I loved I loved that episode it was so good um, anyways I have been your host Nintendo and thank you so much for listening be safe and wear a mask and all that fun stuff have a good night
For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.